Stephen. So on the last episode of the podcast, when we had Allison on, oh, yeah. Good I mentioned that I I feel like I panicked and, and went through my <laughs> list on my phone of different notes that I'm just sometimes it's just like an idea or a punchline to later develop. Oh, right. right that right. really is like nothing. And I like and if I like, don't want to workshop this later, but you haven't workshopped it yet. Right. Yeah. Right. And I've, I've got a lot of them. Uh, I will say there's a lot of stuff over the course of our three hundred and. Uh, four previous episodes that I have gotten to, but there's still a lot of stuff that I haven't, you know? Um, sure, yeah. And some of us just sitting here, maybe I'll develop it into something later, but if I do, it's just like one thing that's just going to fly into the ether anyway, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, let me let me go back through here and see if there's anything that has some, like, teeth to it, you know? Something that, that could be something right. further. You're going to test um, it out here. Excellent. Yeah. Open mic night with Brent. <laughs> hi everyone. Hi. hi. My, name, my name is Brent. Don't don't adjust the uh, color on your eyeballs. I am a brown. Uh oh. Okay. Uh, no, next one. Uh, hi, sir. Where, where are you from? You're from the town of Middle Finger. Oh. Okay. Next one. Uh, so well, you did get up there on an open mic night and you totally changed your personality and voice. And we're like, uh-huh. wait a second. He can do better than this. We've heard him like he does a podcast. <laughs> Whole different environment. You guys, you like to you. Is that steak fries? Yeah, I know some people that don't really care for those. OK, uh, it, observational humor is great. Who? Who here flew the furthest? You're all from town. Okay, shit. All right. Ah, what else? What else? What else? 38 more minutes? Okay. Um. You're like, please, God, no one heckle me, please. I'm going to need more towels. More towels on stage. So one of my older, I guess like the oldest one in my list, just because Uh. it's closest to the top here, is uh, show open. Q-tip, parentheses, don't put them in your ears, but everything else is okay? Okay. I think the, the thing about... Yeah, I think it's like a racket, you know? Mm-hmm. Like Q-tip, everyone uses a Q-tip to put it in their ear canal. Oh, right. To like fish around in there, you know? Not for treasure, but just to like clean it or whatever. It depends what's in there, I don't know. How long have you not cleaned it? We don't know. That's how you find out. The Q-tip. The Q stands for question. Oh, question. Man. What's in my ear? Q-tip. I got your answer. You know? One of those things. Um, question number two. Is Biden a lizard? Mm, Q-tips. <laughs> <laughs> Give us your tips about QAnon yeah. at Q-tips.com. <laughs> okay, so that one paid dividends. Okay, we like this. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Um... Uh, bumper stickers. I think you and I have talked about this before, mm. but bumper stickers on cars in this world. Um, matter mm-hmm. of fact, I went to Burger King this past week because right. I was excited. I got a, a literal flyer in the mail oh, wow. that I, I rarely look at. I sent to our group chat uh, with uh, me, you, your uh-huh. wife, Amanda, our friend Allison, and then our other friend Liz. Right. And I, w- I took a photo of it, sent it over to you guys. I was like, I didn't know this existed. I need to have this in my life. I didn't know it was a physical pamphlet. Oh, yes. Amazing. Yeah. I rarely pay attention to mail. I, right, right. I don't ever pay bills, Stephen. <laughs> yeah. I can't, and I won't, and I shan't, and I shall not. But, uh, you don't like to I, read, so. Yeah. I don't like to read, mm-hmm. you know? 
That's just who I am. Officer, know? judge, I don't like yeah. to read. I don't know what to yeah. tell you. Fellow prisoners, I don't know how to help you guys out with this. I'm definitely innocent. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, I saw this flyer and I was like, oh, I got to go to Burger King right now. And mm-hmm. I did. And as I was pulling up to Burger King, I got the Spider-Verse Whopper. Mm. The bun, very red. The little sesame seeds on it, very black. So oh. it reflects Miles' costume. Right. Uh, and it was good. You know, it's, it, there's there's not really a bad Whopper nowadays. Mm. It's, it's all good. I like the Impossible one. Oh, yeah. Uh, regular Whopper is good, too. Uh I, you know, there's no real flavoring to the, the dye they use to make the, the red buns. But I guess my only complaint about it is that I couldn't taste the spiders. But otherwise, mm. everything else was okay. was pretty good. Did you taste the interdimensionality? That I did taste. Oh, okay. uh, so I, I got a little uh, spider for Sunday that they offer oh. as well. Because I was like, let me just take the fucking tour, dude. Right. So I did. It's like a vanilla cone. It has some, like, red and, like, <laughs> purple. Ooh. Little like dots or whatever. It's, it's, it's like almost like Pop Rocks, but it has like some coating around it or whatever. Okay. That definitely tastes like I'm going interdimensional. You know? Oh yeah, I get the yeah with the Pop Rocks. The two together, there. very good, very good. That's Highly good, recommended. Good but basically, it's kind of like just some shit you've already had. Anyway, right. All this to say, as I was pulling up to Burger King, I saw this car that was covered in. I guess not. Was it bumper stickers? It, it had oh, a bunch of like decals and designs and <laughs> shit on there. Uh, it was excessive, is what it was. It was, yeah. Whatever they are. It had like all kinds of hearts and Jesus loves you. And uh, on the side of the door, it says uh, something about Jesus's blood. And it's in oh, red. Right. It was like a quote I remember from church. I thought, man, they're really going the extra mile to put like a whole whole ass quote on there. And it's big. It's like down the like a whole door almost or the, the <laughs> yeah. side panel. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's crazy. And the license <laughs> be... plate too. Did you notice that? Oh wait, let me The let license me see plate this. is a Jesus license plate. One in J C. Yeah. And it's I did a not notice it next to it. Moment. It says we are we one are in one in J C. Wow. Wow. So they really Damn. got it. Interesting. So between uh, Jesus and Miles Morales, there were two superheroes at my Burger King <laughs> this this day. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, like uh, bumper stickers as In an general. adult. Do you have any on your car? No, I don't really get bumper stickers. I feel like uh, growing up, I thought that would be the coolest thing. I loved reading them. I read, mm-hmm. loved reading the funny ones. And uh, I mean, as a kid, I didn't understand, you know, some of them like uh, adult maybe ones or political ones. But now I don't know, like not to say if anybody has any on their car, it's, it's whatever. But uh, they almost seem like a little trashy to me. Like that car for sure seemed trashy to me, but it was like covered in them. Yeah. And, and the Jesus message was maybe, I don't know, a slightly heavy handed, you could say, on that car. <laughs> a little bit. Wouldn't it be fun? to like die go up to heaven and then uh you meet jesus and he's like oh you saw my miata down there <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. did it convert you yeah because i converted it to electric yeah it cost me a, i'll be honest with you i thought i was i deserved a little bit more of a discount right, for right. you know all the sacrifices i've made <laughs> look at my hands um I could heal them, but it is a little bit of a bragging point for me. You know? That's true, so, yeah. You know. I'm kind of used to it now. Yeah. yeah. Like it. I can run faster. I got holes in my feet, <laughs> holes in my hands. Swim, not so much. But <laughs> yeah. I can walk on water, so it doesn't really matter. That's right, yeah, you know? yeah. You take the go I've never bed. swam before. Is it fun? It looks like it... <laughs> Looks like it'd be a lot of fun, guys. Man, um, can you imagine Jesus swimming? I can imagine him walking on water because I've heard that story. But I can't imagine right. him just taking like a leisurely stroll, you know, stroll, or leisurely swim through the canals or something. I don't know. Yeah. The ocean. Yeah. Like, can you imagine him splashing in the waves? 
like like in Top Gun Maverick, yeah. <laughs> playing playing soccer with his friends. He just tries to, to scoop up some water to throw at his friends, and it just like goes through his hand. He's like, oh fuck. <laughs> Turns to wine, hits him in the face, and burns her eyes. Yeah. He's like, Dad, damn it! Here we go again. <laughs> Uh, let's see. What else? What else? Um, yeah, give us one more. I've got a note in here that I like to check out restaurant bathrooms because it's a good <laughs> way to measure cleanliness. Well, that's a, that's just a true point. Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely. is fun to see like the different designs of bathrooms. Like what if they, if it's like a fancier restaurant, but mm. the bathrooms look a little bit like, oh, I feel like you guys could have spent a little bit more time on this, you know, could have stepped it up a little bit. Kind of don't trust it. I'm like, I'm going to send that souffle back. I don't know. I don't know. But if it's a really nice bathroom, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, bring the meal in here. What? Absolutely. <laughs> Set me up. I'm going to let got- it go in and go straight back out. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got some lobster bibs behind the toilet seat. Oh, OK, fantastic. I like this. This is good. This is really working out for me. <laughs> you tie them around your waist to it's a mud flap. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mud flap in more ways than one, you know? Um but do you ever see those restrooms that have the gravel in the sink? No. You ever uh, seen those? No, I don't think so. Really? Oh my God. Wow, what, is this? what does that mean? Is this a country thing? I don't know. Like a, I, don't, I feel like it's. I've seen this in uh, fancier fancy? restaurant restrooms. Yeah, if I if I come across one, I'll stop what I'm doing and send you uh, several videos of it, you know? Please, from different angles. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll, yeah. I'll go in one of the stalls that's being used. I'll like, crawl on that guy's shoulders. <laughs> I want a Look tracking over. shot from there yeah. to the sink. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. I yeah. need to send this to a friend. Mm-hmm. It'll be like that scene in Barbarian. You know? Are you going to use like, a wide-angle lens? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I'll, really I'll have good. one of those, uh, those cameras on that they had in the, uh, the MTV show Fear, where it's strapped to my body. Oh, yeah, okay, so yeah, first-person first, like, look. Pointed at my face, but I also have one pointed the other way. <laughs> right. And you can have a split screen of uh, my face reacting to what I see on the other side of it, you know? Man, and it starts with some guy pooping, and it ends with gravel in the sink. And either way, it's a shocking event. Absolutely. I love this absolutely. plan. I think this is going to sell. This is going mm-hmm. on YouTube, right? Oh, most definitely. Absolutely. Good. That yeah. guy's going to be thrilled. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a good look. Well, you know, honestly, uh, I love everything that you've come up with so far. I feel like perhaps they could be workshopped more. And this is something I've wondered about. You know, we do a lot of mm-hmm. one and done stuff here. We kind of do it for the show. And then there's stuff I'm like, oh, that could have been better. Or we could we could finesse that. And then I've heard this thing. I don't know if you've heard about writers. They take jokes and then they improve on them. Hmm. Uh, we've never really tried that, but we could certainly try. I don't know if you ever want to try, but we could. Okay. Well, how about mm-hmm. this? Let me give this one to you. Okay. So this is, it's literally a punchline. That's what I put. <laughs> it's one word. I, and then after it, I put punchline in parentheses. Okay. So I feel like I need to create a setup the, for it. Okay. Sure. Sure. This is the perfect opportunity. This is it. So, um, the punchline is redracted. <laughs> okay. So, like, would the setup be if if uh, a file on uh, a vampire uh-huh. was in the CIA, but it was blacked out for uh, the public to see, would that then be redracted? I guess it's kind of like... It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think, again, could be workshopped. But that's the okay. point of these notes. You're letting it all hang out. You're giving the process to the people here. Mm-hmm. That's right. 
which um, is also good. You could do another like uh, I think uh, with that you could probably do a whole series of like universal monster office puns or yeah. or you know file puns. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like there's some way to do the a werewolf, as we like to say. Right. You know, there's some way to bring that in there. Uh, maybe a, a creature from the Black Lagoon. Mm-hmm. I feel like there could be like a whole series of these. I'm not sure what they are. Again, this is the process. Why the creature got to be from the Black Lagoon? Okay. Wow. You can't wow. just say that. It's 2023. Go woke. Go <laughs> Snoke. That's right. It's time to talk about Star Wars, everyone. Okay. Sequel trilogy, not bad. Okay. Yeah. Everyone, fucking relax. You froze, which is good for me because oh, you had a really no. fucking. Oh, here you're back. You had a really no, okay, fucking good. face on, and I liked it. You kind of looked like Snoke. Did I? <laughs> a little bit. Just caved in on one side. It's like you're sucking in your teeth, like someone was really sour. Oh, that's high praise. Did you ever notice that that look for him? It just looked like he had like one awesome warhead. <laughs> well, it was in my high school yearbook. It was uh, most likely to look like Snoke later in life. <sighs> It's a fantastic, mm-hmm. a, a failed clone experiment. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> br- <laughs> Most likely to be a failed clone experiment. Brent. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. God, they got me. I can't even be angry about it. You know. Well, fantastic, man. Uh, yeah. I, I love everything you've come up with so far. I feel like this definitely could be workshopped, but. Uh, yeah, sometimes you just got to bring the process to the people. So I'm going to say we have a lot to get into today. So let's go ahead and do that. And uh, we're doing it. I'm Steven. I'm Brent. Welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff, where today we're doing another pop culture catch-up. The reason being, we have a lot of stuff to catch up on, and we've been doing a lot of themes, had a, an episode fall apart, redone. Now uh, we're about to get into uh, a big month of, of June releases. We're going to get talk about that series later on, yes, uh, I suppose. But right now, we just wanted to do something easier and, uh, and get all the other <laughs> stuff, which is really fun. We have a lot of good stuff to talk about today. <laughs> That's a peek behind the curtain of Stephen and I. It's like, oh, yeah, we didn't want to try very hard. So this is what you're getting. Basically is what I'm saying. After I got up from my nap today, we went out with family or not went out, but we uh, we had like family day outside. It's like we're recording this on the 28th. It's uh, what is it? Memorial Day weekend. I always forget which yes. one's which. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we were doing like the barbecue and out in the out in the sun, came back home, took a nap, got up for the podcast. I was so thrilled. I didn't have a movie to watch. Oh, I didn't yeah. Have notes to take. Sometimes that's really nice. And I've been really getting into it lately. But uh, sometimes you just want a little bit of break. And we got other Very stuff true. we need to talk about. So, yeah, that's Absolutely. what we have these sometimes. So uh, did you want to lead us off? today i suppose so um let me see here okay so i'm gonna try to go through a a couple of things again just to check shit off my list much Mm -hmm. like my failed uh notes app notes from earlier in the episode right um mh370 the plane that disappeared on netflix it's a documentary Mm -hmm. about the malaysian flight oh yeah um uh, MH370 and uh, how all that went down. My wife oh. started watching this. She uh, is is big into like crime stuff, like true crime sure. stuff. Um, normally, it's uh, women getting murdered or assaulted. Uh, Absolutely, you know, just great entertainment for the whole family. It's just right. you know, not at all. <laughs> Difficult to listen to, uh, uh, but uh, this one was a, a thing that happened in the news, uh, what, like a decade ago or something, mm-hmm. and uh, my wife started watching it. She got totally absorbed into it. I think uh. we were recording one night. She ended up watching the entire, I think, three or four episode documentary. Uh, again, this is on Netflix, and she was telling me about it, and she, I could tell she was like, do you want to watch this? I'll, I'll watch it. Again. Do you want to watch it? <laughs> she wanted so to like, show oh, I don't know. But but she told me like so many of the things that as we were getting to it in the show, I was like, well, that's kind of a weird cliffhanger to leave 
the first episode on mm-hmm. uh, because they they posit a theory about like one of the pilots and it makes Uh-oh. him seem like a real like sinister person and then so if you if you only watch the first episode of the show it leaves you with a incredibly negative feeling about one of the pilots mm. and then you watch the next episode and they're like yeah but it turns out it was not really that so um <laughs> i hate that like, created drama yeah they didn't do a ton of that i i i feel like they did a little mm. bit because we still don't have any answers about like where right. that that plane is you know it's just somewhere in the ocean uh, a lot of theories about it but it's 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 kind of like watching unsolved mysteries mm. you you get into this this story and then you have no answers for it. You know, right, right. you're at the mercy of somebody calling a 1-800 number and then maybe they follow up on a, a following season mm-hmm. with what happened or whatever. But that's not the case with this. It's just we as a society we'll never do know. not know what happened to this. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know what to do with that. I think the documentary was like put together. Well, I, mm-hmm. I do have a, a nitpick about ending the first episode where you like vilify somebody who's dead now, right. you know? I, I, Without I don't know, any like so, proof that there should be, uh, yeah, that's pretty fucked weird. up. But um, yeah, so there's that. If people are interested in it, you Sweet. know, it's on Netflix. Check it out. MH370, the plane that disappeared. Um, let's see. I want to also talk about. Can you connect uh, it at all? We're gonna do that today. Oh my God, Stephen. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's see what you we can the do. Challenge. Let's see what we can do here. Um, so. Uh, oh God, how do I connect this to literally any other thing? Um, you don't have to. How it's about just this? fun when uh, you can, right? Uh, going from one, one Netflix documentary to another, I want to talk about The Redeem Team, a 2022 mm-hmm. Netflix documentary. I've told you that my wife and I have been getting into basketball. We've been watching the like mm-hmm. uh, right. semifinals, and we're just around the corner. The actual finals happen at the beginning of next month, okay. uh, so June of 2023, and uh, we're having a good time. Like that's we like actually seek out and turn on the game. Wow, and, uh, bonding it's, over it's basketball. It's insane. I know. It's high scoring. It, it moves pretty quickly. Bond over basketball. Oh my god! What a what a romantic comedy in the making. Wow! I already heard people unsubscribe from that podcast. <laughs> You're like even I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> How do I rate this zero stars? It's so weird though. I not weird, but it is. You know, sports mm-hmm. is just not our main thing. But uh, I find it uh, in particular that your wife would be intrigued by that. But uh, yeah, I, I I think as we talked about a little bit, basketball can be pretty pretty exciting, pretty fun um, to watch. It's a it's a better than some sports because it, it's constantly moving. I like that about it, and that you can see a lot of their skill individually, and then as as a team. I don't know. It's a, it's a good mix sport of uh, teamwork and, and like individual star power. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the Redeem team is, like I said, is from uh, 2022 on Netflix, a documentary that tells the story of the U.S. Olympic men's basketball team's quest for gold at the 2008 Olympic Games in mm. Beijing, following the previous team's shocking performance four years earlier in Athens. Mm. Yeah, I read that from the Just Watch app. What do you want from me? <laughs> I can't remember exactly what the shit is. I just know that I enjoyed it. So, yeah, it is about the, the, the dream team. Um, from back in 2008, Michael Jordan was a part of it. Kobe Bryant, Still LeBron James. Wow, I didn't yeah. know he retired. I guess crazy. Um, he yeah, he was he was around from wait. Was this wait? Hold on, hold on. There was like a dream team in the 90s. 
Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I remember okay. a bunch of those people. I think you're right. I think you're right. I'm conflating this with uh, another thing Dude, I watched. Improv, make it up. Uh, uh, yeah, Michael Jordan was there. And it, so was Bugs Bunny. And you know what? The Matrix is as well. Me too, Tambien. But yeah, so it's it's just like chronicling uh, this team. Uh, the age version of the Dream Team uh, happened back in the, the 90s. And mm-hmm. uh, that's the one that Jordan was a part of. Okay. And a, a bunch right. of other big name players that even a non-sporto like me recognizes right um 2004 uh when there's a a version of the dream team that went to play in athens uh a lot of other countries teams leveled up in a big way and america got i think maybe bronze could have been silver okay. uh, they, they didn't get gold is the main thing and they were previously <laughs> known to fucking crush this right. every year so the 2008 team uh, which is this is a primarily a documentary about uh, mm-hmm. it shows them uh, training to go out to play the Olympics and get the chemistry down because you've got multiple big name players that all have their big ass egos coming together and trying to be a comprehensive team. Right. Uh, so no one's hogging all the glory the entire time. And it seems like it's a, a bigger uh, challenge than people might have anticipated, but uh, it was really interesting. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm I'm all about the dunks right now, Stephen. All about those frothy dunks. Gross. Um, <laughs> have you been eating Dunkaroos while watching basketball? It fuck, like I need to. Snack. Shit. Yeah. God, now I, I gotta befriend a kangaroo. Mm-hmm. God, that's gonna eat up a lot of my time, but I'm willing <laughs> to do it. <laughs> Um, and then uh, I also want to add to that. I watched The Last Dance, also oh, a Netflix right. documentary okay. about basketball. This right one on. is uh, primarily uh, with Michael Jordan. There's a lot of interview footage with him. Nice. Uh, and yeah, you have a, a lot of um, behind the scenes uh, material that you mm-hmm. can uh, that is included in this. And it uh, talks about the the Bulls uh, last dance, the the last um grasp for the the uh the championship okay for uh, michael jordan they were going for a sixth nba win uh at this time they wow. had five under their belt and uh there's a, a lot of enough. drama that happened around that not enough yep. you can't be you gotta have a whole fistful plus one other <laughs> finger you gotta have rings on all of those um but yeah so it just chronicles their um their attempt at that sixth championship. There's some um, flashbacks throughout the documentary to earlier years for various players. Mm. Michael Jordan's the primary person they focus on, but you do get to see uh, interviews with like Scottie Pippen and Dennis oh, Rodman, right um, a lot of other named players. There's even some white dudes in there that were pretty oh. good. I had no fucking idea. You right. know, it was just Michael Jordan all the time back then. Man, but, he was um, a juggernaut back then. He was on he everything. Really was. He was you, bigger than life. He is bigger than life. I don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, fucking the Iron Giant looks up. He's like, well, he's big also. Right. I'm grouped, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this as well. It was... Uh, I've heard really good things. It's so interesting to see somebody be that competitive about mm. putting this ball over there. Right. Like, th- that's like their only doesn't appeal to you. Like, focus. it doesn't, like... Yeah. Doesn't, no, doesn't yeah, what we I mean, do. Right, right, right. It's it's like you, but it is in fact a game. I know you get paid a right. shitload of fucking money to put this over there, but like, the, the it's just like being so laser focused on winning and having that amount of drive mm-hmm. to to do that is just something that's it seems otherworldly to me. You yeah, know? for sure. Um, and that level of talent too, I can't even really comprehend yeah. having that or like wanting to in a sport. Like you're I talking like about Michael Jordan's acting ability in right. uh, Space Jam. 
Yeah, I was actually talking about his baseball career. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, I'm so intrigued. That's what I was yeah. gonna say. I thought I don't know when that was either, like early 2000s or so. I don't I don't really know when that all went down, but I, th- I think that was the late 90s. Late 90s. It's got to be yeah. Because yeah, I had baseball cards for him. Mm-hmm. I had like a bunch. I was like, this is gonna be big. He's Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. He's now a baseball player. It's crazy. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, I don't know. He's very intriguing to me. Scotty Pippen was as well growing up. I remember him yeah. being like a big name. Just the Bulls in general. Like it seemed like the America's team, even if you're not i don't know even for a rival it was like well everybody loves the bulls you know yeah. starter jackets all that kind of shit they mm-hmm. were just a, a big big thing there was a lot of stuff in the uh the tabloids back then where people focused on michael jordan's like gambling and whatnot and like mm-hmm. it was out of control but then you watch the documentary and like i understand it's michael jordan defending himself so of course he's going to say no i really didn't have that big of a problem but like when you look at it through context and they actually say this in the documentary like it's Michael Jordan. He lost $10,000 in a hand of poker. He's Michael fucking Jordan. That's right. like $10 to us. Does you know, matter? like it's, yeah. he can't afford it. Trust me. Um, and then like Dennis Rodman, he was just a wild man. Like he was partying all the time trying to, yeah, he, he was like a, a real bad boy of basketball back then. And you, they touch on that in the documentary as well, but they also show that like, yeah, like he, he would miss practices here and there. Mm. And sometimes there was like one um, incident in particular where it's like several days of people not being able to track him down. They eventually find him. They fly him back to Chicago. And uh, he, he said, look, I like to work hard, but also I like to party hard. I need both things. Mm. And so when he hits the court, he's 300% in the game. Like he's... He was an incredible basketball player. I again, I only knew him from right. what you would see in the the tabloids, and then uh, that movie he did with Jean Claude Van Damme. Mm-hmm. You know, Double Team, I think. Yeah. Is the name of it. <laughs> what a wild thing! I do remember him yeah. too. He was I don't know, so different, weird. He had the weird hair all the time, like. He would like, I don't know, it was like a cheetah print or like a leopard print or something on his hair. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. I don't remember actually like watching him ever play basketball, though. I assume he was good because he's part of the Bulls. But other yeah. than that, yeah, he just seemed like a, a wild man. He had like nose rings and shit. And yeah. And he would like cross dress. And yeah. I really, especially watching this now where we have so many people who are non-binary or transgender or whatever, like he's he was kind of on the cusp of. Mm. I'm just going to be free. I'm going to do whatever I fucking want to do. You know? Yeah. I wonder, yeah, what that means to him. If he's just like, whatever it it strikes me as such an interesting thing with all the, uh, like conservatives against, you know, drag and, and everything right now is I'm like you, there's so many pictures of like, uh, movies from way back in the day, like some like it hot. It's like an older movie where it's mm-hmm. like about like cross dressing men or whatever, or like posing as women or something like that. I've never seen it, but uh, and and tons of like comedy skits, tons of like really famous people. And it's like, why are you guys going against this now? Like this has been around forever. It will be around forever, and it right. does not matter. Uh, yeah, it's just a weird thing. But uh, yeah, I wonder, I wonder for him what that what that expression really meant. You know? Hey, man, I tell you what. Unless it's Bugs Bunny, I don't want to see a man dressed like a woman. But if it is Bugs Bunny, I'm definitely going to fucking jack off to that. I'm definitely going to. Tell you what. Fantastic. So mm-hmm. how do I jump off uh, from jacking off or documentaries? Let's see what I got. Let's oh, I hope see. it's jacking off. <laughs> Could I connect? 
No, it's kind of no. hard with jacking off. Let's see. Uh, so uh, not a documentary, but I watched a mockumentary uh, randomly on Amazon Prime that was pretty fun. It's called The History of Time Travel. Oh, and, okay. Uh, right away, that, that idea intrigued me. And uh, it was a, it's a 2014 movie. Uh, the cover of it shows the moon landing, but instead of the American flag, it is the Russian flag. So oh, it's okay. like they beat us there. And uh, it's a really interesting idea. It's, uh, it's essentially just like a behind-the-scenes thing. Not a behind-the-scenes. It's like interviews with people about uh, our – I guess it's like our time now, but in the future, someone has created time travel. It's like it, it exists. We know it. And as the documentary goes, it's just like interviewing people about how that shaped the world. And they talk about things like, oh, like this event happened and it created time travel. And then like America, you know, did these things, did these wars, went to the moon or whatever. And then someone else will be interviewed. And and you realize as you're going through, you really have to pay attention. It's kind of interesting. It lost me a few times, but it was super interesting. As the people talk, you realize, didn't they just like say something different? And all of a sudden, like Russia made it to the moon and not us. And you realize... Uh, time travel is affecting the documentary as it is going along. So oh. imagine if you went back in time and changed history, what would then change the future? Every time it does that, someone has been going back. The documentary in real time changes. Uh, and, it, and it's really interesting because uh, I, it, it plays with a lot of thoughts of, you know, uh, the effects of what happens whenever you go back there and and what would that do with the paradoxes and stuff. But uh, it was a really intriguing idea. It's super simple. I don't know how much it was filmed for, but it's such an easy idea. It's just like interviews. And then they use it. it it's done like a pretty good documentary. You know, they have a lot of photos. It looks like a, a life magazine type of covers, you know, like they're all done really well. Uh, they present like old footage and stuff and they they have real things. They might like CG manipulate them or, or somehow uh, manipulate the photos, but uh, it really worked. It was it was pretty cool. It's short. It's like an hour, 12 minutes long with credits. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was easy to watch. I just picked it up one random day and that was kind of the perfect way for me to watch it. Uh, and I don't I can't ruin it, but it's like for a little while, it's like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then it was like, yeah, this is OK. And then by the end, you're like, oh, that was pretty unique. It was just a really cool idea executed pretty well that made mm -hmm. for a fun time time travel thing, which I love. So uh, any kind of time travel thing I'm into just to see how the mechanics work in the story or how they present it. And I've never seen something quite like this idea. So uh, it was pretty cool. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called The History of Time. Time travels from 2014. That's awesome. Holy shit. I am. And it's under an hour and a half. Oh my God. Dude. That's, it just doesn't stuff need for me. anymore, right? Like it yeah. plays out like a history channel documentary, you know, anything you'd kind of mm -hmm. stumble upon on, on any kind of like a and E or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, easy, easy to watch. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, idea. I watched it a few weeks ago and it's still kind of stuck in my brain a little bit. Something was in this. I was mm -hmm. like, Oh yeah, I watched that and I'll have to remember how much I remember of it. <laughs> this one was like, I don't remember a ton of it, but I was like, mm -hmm. I remember enjoying it. So that's, that's yeah. always a good sign a few weeks out, you know? Well, you were talking about traveling through time. I want to talk about someone who is trying to be still in our current oh, times, which okay. is Michael J. Fox in oh. the documentary Still, a Michael J. Fox movie on Excellent. Apple TV+. Plus. This uh, came out one weekend. It might have been like a couple weekends back, and mm -hmm. I watched it right then. Uh, I've, I have I fucking love Michael J. Oh Fox. Oh, my God. American uh, Treasure. National Canadian Treasure, it, whatever. Can, yeah. Uh, no, we can have him. American continent treasure. Got it. North Absolutely. American continent treasure. God damn it. Yeah. Nailed it. Australian treasure, Michael J. Fox, <laughs> complete with his lasagna license. <laughs> He's back. 
with this documentary. Um, so uh, for people who don't know, uh, Michael J. Fox has Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. It causes his body to uh, move uncontrollably. Um, mm-hmm. He does take like some medication for it, but it only does so much for him. So uh, he's in like therapy for it and whatnot. Um, th- do you know anything about this documentary? Have you watched a trailer for it or anything? I watched a trailer for it. It looked really good. We have a uh, yeah. Amanda's dad got us uh, for Christmas last year, two years ago. He has like a, a book uh, as well, like an autobiography or a biography of mm-hmm. him uh, that yeah. I still haven't read. I think Amanda started it, but um, there's a lot of stuff coming out with him. And then uh, I feel like there's another documentary I heard about his too, but this one looked interesting. It's on Apple TV. Is that right? Apple yes. TV Apple Plus. TV plus. Right. And uh, yeah, it's, I, I think it's, I don't remember how long it was. Uh, it not seems, long enough. Honestly, yeah. I, I was totally in it. It's mm. uh, uh, he goes through his, his history with it. Um, mm-hmm. he, he talked about his, his, uh, his career as an actor and then by the time he's uh, like 29, I believe, is when he gets the diagnosis that wow. he has Parkinson's, which is something that, you know, most of the time it's people over like 50 or whatever mm-hmm. get diagnosed at that point. But he he got it early and wow. he said that his his hand would not stop shaking one morning when he woke up and he looked at it and it felt like it wasn't even his. Like it felt mm. um it, it, it was almost like an out-of-body experience for him to see this because he, he couldn't control it, but he didn't really say anything about it. He found out that as he uh, was acting in scenes, if he held something in his left hand, he could kind of disguise it like he's just mm-hmm. like moving a, a prop around or whatever. And like throughout the documentary, it shows clips from him on uh Family Ties, which was mm-hmm. the first sitcom role he had and kind of moving on throughout his career, has some Back to the Future stuff in there. There's some movie, I, I can't remember which one it is. I don't think it's Doc Hollywood. It's a different one where he plays like a, a hotel manager or something like that. The Secret of My Success? Okay, it's true. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember right. I'm not sure, though. Yeah, okay. Could be. But um, it, it shows in that, like, it shows several different scenes, and every time he's holding something in his left hand, it might be a phone, might be a newspaper, might huh. be, uh, like, food or whatever. But that's what he was doing. That's how he would try to disguise that so people wouldn't pick up on it. For um, love or money. I, Got it. For love or money. Mm-hmm. That's what you said the first time, right? Yep. I just wanted Perfect. to correct the record. That it was 1993, but that's definitely what I said the first time was for love. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If people heard something different, again, right. it's because of that time loop thing that exactly. Steve was just talking about, that's right. not on us. Right. Honestly, that's on science. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a fascinating documentary. Um, further along, it, it gets to his uh, more recent times when he was on the, the sitcom Spin City and um, issues where, uh, again, in the tabloids, people were saying mm-hmm. that Michael J. Fox is making his cast members wait uh, to film scenes or whatever. Mm. And it was kind of shocking at the time that, you know, kind of America slash Canada's sweetheart, Michael J. Fox, would be a dick like that. But then you find out, wow. oh, it's because he was having these wild um, uh, spasms and whatnot that were uncontrollable. He's waiting for medication to kick in. And then once he finally settled down and was able to recenter, then he would go take stage and, mm-hmm. and film a scene or whatever. So, um, yeah, like there's I don't know. I. I fucking love this guy. Right. Uh, even, even like in the documentary, as he's talking to his like personal trainer, um, he, he talks about how, um, he ends up falling and he breaks his hand. He's like, well, when you have Parkinson's, that's what you do. You fall Mm. and you just have to deal with it and then move on. Uh, but he's, he's jovial about it the whole time. I'm sure he would, 
Yeah. I'm right. sure he'd much rather not have to deal with this, sure. but he, I don't know. It's, it's inspiring that uh, mm-hmm. somebody could go through something like that for several decades and still have a good sense of humor about it, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I did see the trailer for that. And he, I, I felt like just an overwhelming sense of positivity from him. Like he is a uh, glass half full kind of guy in life, even though mm-hmm. he's had all these hardships. And it's interesting because it's one of those things like we don't wish that upon anyone, but a, a particular right. treasure like him where it's... Um, you know, what would have been had, had he not had that and he could have gone on to, to do better things in acting. But then again, maybe this is why he was put here. Like he was put here to become a, a light in the world, but also to bring light to the research and uh, causes of Parkinson's and try to find mm-hmm. a cure for it or, or, you know, remedies for it or whatever. So maybe that's part of his purpose. And he's really done amazing things over time. I uh, he like it's kind of like he retired from acting or stopped acting and then he got it back into the things like it's just mm-hmm. good to see him at any time. But definitely sad you know no one expected that especially so young that's crazy yeah um, yeah but yeah it's uh an incredible journey and I, I definitely want to check it out i kind of forgot about it i'm glad you mentioned it because we have mm-hmm. apple tv plus right now for ted lasso and i've been trying to watch yeah. everything we can on it right now um mm-hmm. you know and that's a, that's a good one so you'll have to check it out yeah still a michael j fox movie on apple tv plus all well, right i'm going to connect that with since it was apple tv plus on mm-hmm. disney plus I oh. watched The Mandalorian Season 3. Have wow. you finished that yet? Have you seen it? I have not started it, no. Oh, okay. Not even started it. Um, I don't. I watched this a few weeks ago. Uh, for me, it was uh, I'm going to say it's like continuing the, the good structure and, and things I like about The Mandalorian, but I, am, I don't know if I'm feeling a little burnt out. I, I almost watched the uh, Andor season after this, but I, okay. I was kind of feeling like, I, I, like kind of like Marvel. I'm just, I don't know. I'm kind of Star Wars out a little bit. Uh, okay. I still definitely like Grogu, Grogu, and I like the journey of The Mandalorian. Uh, Pedro Pascal is still amazing. Um, I liked where they're going with things. It had a lot of good moments, but uh, it was almost a little forgettable. Like it wasn't as impressive as the other seasons. It was a little like, well, we've been here and uh, I'm not sure what they're planning on to do more with it, but uh, it definitely had some good funny parts. It had some good action and stuff. Uh, I still think the effects by and large are are pretty cool and it has some really cool storylines in it. And uh, overall, I I still really dig it. Um, I did also, I didn't really put this on my list, but I, I have a, a friend of a friend, big podcast sarah a friend of the show um, but also our boss um Mm -hmm. her brother paul i was talking to him recently and he's a little gray alien (laughs) i wish man i love that guy uh (laughs) paul's pretty cool and uh he loves star wars and we were talking about how i had never seen the clone wars tv show so he gave me a list of uh basically all the episodes he thought were important canon wise to uh specifically get to the show uh ahsoka that's coming out yeah um that he was like you know journeys of hers throughout there or, or things that might play into other Star Wars shows that would be good so I did start that I've only seen one episode so far but I'm, I'm curious what the list he gave me of the, the Clone Wars series of uh, what mm-hmm. might be good um, but then again I was feeling kind of Star Wars born out as I said so uh, I'm intrigued by that but um, Mandalorian was uh, was pretty cool I would still recommend it you know it was it was a good sure. show but mm-hmm. um, and then a bunch of other stuff has still come out like Ant-Man and the Quantumania whatever came out and I'm right. like mm-hmm. I still haven't seen Black Panther 2 <laughs> I still haven't seen Thor 4. Like, there's uh-huh. a, a lot I'm backed up on. So uh, I might get through them eventually and might get back to some Star Wars as well. But uh, overall, mm-hmm. you know, I still dig it. So Mandalorian Season 3 in the bag. <laughs> That's high praise. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So um, from The Mandalorian, 
Disney sci-fi, cosmic sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Steven, uh, yesterday I went to the movie theater. I finally oh. saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was going to save this for the end because, Steven, okay. I loved this movie. Oh, I've heard such good things, bro. So fucking much. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people are have some fatigue, like you were saying, with uh, with Marvel stuff. I'm excited and I for get this it. one, though. Yeah. Yeah. This is... I. I'm so glad that James Gunn came back. Right. Uh, and well, he got rehired. He shouldn't have been fired the first yeah, place yeah, or yeah. whatever. But but um, the the cast is all here. The the guardians that you know and love. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm not going to spoil anything. I will say, the villain is the worst villain that's ever existed. <laughs> you will fucking hate this person immediately. You know, it's um, uh, uh, Will Poulter, right? No, no, I, he's in it. He's oh, Adam he's Warlock. In, okay, but, uh, I thought he was the There's a, a, a different guy. He's the, uh, uh, in the, the TV show Peacemaker, which was also yeah. a James Gunn joint. Uh-huh. Uh, he was the um, the leader. Uh, he's uh, the black guy. He's mm-hmm. got like, um, I can't think of, of what his character's name is. But, um, I'm trying to look at Peacemaker. Like the, I don't remember. Yeah, I remember seeing this in the trailers for, for Guardians because i kind of been staying away from it. So Sure. Um, oh, uh, Chikwudi Awuji. Uh huh. Chikwudi Awuji. That guy. Yes, yeah. him. Yeah. Ooh, that's a hard name for me to say. Yeah, he, I gotta study that he's one. He's in it. He. He's good. Uh, yeah, he's in some shit. He uh, he plays the high evolutionary in hmm. this movie. Okay. Um, he's a Marvel character. Doesn't really look like the the character from the comics. Right. It doesn't matter. You will hate this fucking guy. <laughs> you will fuck it. Like he's boring? Is that what you mean? Or no, like- no, not like like he is designed to be fucking hateable. Oh, okay, like I've never hated by design a villain more. Oh, interesting. Than this, like even Thanos, I'm like, well, he's just you he's know trying to make room, <laughs> right. you know. <laughs> he's misguided, but he's got some reasons, you know. Yeah, um, interesting. This this guy, high evolutionary scumbag from the jump. Okay. You'll, you'll know it when you see it. Um, right, right. I'm there, there's yeah. a. There's a mid credit scene. There's a post credit scene on this. I uh, won't say anything more about that. Okay. I will say that toward the end of this movie, there's a fight scene. Mm-hmm. There's a fight scene where the camera moves through a battle, and there is a song that plays Ooh. that was like, okay, okay. It really works. Okay, we could do this. It works for me. Uh, oh, I'm it was excited. A, it was a, a song by a, a, uh, a group that was from our uh, Noisy November uh, oh, okay. month, interesting. Uh, that teases anything for you. I'm sure it'll be on uh, Disney Plus here in the, the coming now. weeks or whatever. But uh, very good. Have you seen the holiday special? I was going to ask you. I have not, and that's part of the reason I, I realized when I didn't watch that for Christmas. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't really want to watch it if it's not Christmas time. But I'm yeah. wondering if it if if you kind of need to, or if it's better to before you watch Guardians three. I would say. Uh, there's like one bit of uh, information mm-hmm. that they mentioned a couple of times in this movie from the special. Right. Which was kind of like a big revelation, but they really don't really they really don't do a whole lot with it. Yeah. In this movie. So you could probably go into Guardians 3 and be like, wait, what? Yeah. And like, oh, OK, I guess it really doesn't doesn't matter. But I might just suck it up and watch it, even if it's not yeah. Christmas time before. I, yeah. I just want to watch it in order, I guess, of what they released. There's got to be some reason. Yeah. James Gunn yeah. wanted it that way. It feels like the right way to me. But yeah. I kind of put it off that way. But then uh, I had heard the thing about Guardians 3 and they were like, yeah, if you felt lackluster about the rest of the Marvel stuff lately, which I have, um, even mm-hmm. without seeing them, they're like, this is this is like a return to form. It's exactly like the Guardians, you know, and love. And it's like, it's yeah. awesome again. So, 
You know, I was somewhat concerned with this because the the holiday special didn't look that great. Like it looked good, but for like TV kind of, you know, mm-hmm. like the the special effects weren't quite there, but yeah, kind of what do you want to want from it you know it's right. it's a holiday special to play on the star wars holiday special mm-hmm. a little bit um there's no whip whip stir in it so Ugh. you know you gotta bump it you down a, a grade right. a letter grade but uh <laughs> beyond that it was still enjoyable but i was a little bit hesitant because around this time james gunn has kind of mentally put himself over in the dc side of things even before we knew he was going to be the new like head of uh the right, dcu right. um I was like, well, he's he's done the Suicide Squad. He's done the Peacemaker show. I feel like maybe for Guardians 3, we're just going to get like a half-assed mm-hmm. attempt at, at Guardians. Um, Steven, not only is this a full-ass attempt, he may have borrowed someone else's ass for making this oh, movie. Oh, man. It's like two and a half hours long. It could have been nine hours long oh. for all I care. I couldn't get enough of it. Uh, we get to see Cosmo, the space dog. She becomes mm-hmm. like an actual like... Uh, a larger part she's not like a full guardian or whatever but uh it is fun to see her um but yeah man i just if if you have strayed away from marvel a little bit Uh i get it but like come back for uh guardians 3 because this really paid off i have a thousand thoughts on this movie i have not stopped thinking about it since i watched it yesterday I, i just i just am very happy with this this might be like one of the best movie like comic book adjacent like trilogies or whatever you know yeah i mean uh would you rank it uh against the other ones can you do you feel strongly enough about three versus one and two uh oh boy uh because they're all good in different ways right they're all good uh you know i'm someone who very much has like recency bias you know so like (laughs) this is the best one it's hard um i I really liked uh there was a a time where i would have said i I liked guardians 2 more than guardians 1 Mm -hmm. because i got more you know rocket who's my favorite guardian character he's like a a top five mcu character for me um so i don't know i i might need to rewatch this so maybe after you can say yeah like uh, I'd love to to get caught back up on the the Marvel stuff uh, on the podcast yeah. at some point. So maybe if we give me a reason, get to th- yeah, yeah, to watch them. Yeah. But man, I'm so excited! Like oh, honestly, awesome. I whenever this comes out on on Disney Plus, watch the holiday special, watch Guardians mm-hmm. three, and then uh, just so you can watch it. We don't necessarily have to like do a, a spoiler discussion on it right there. Yeah, it'd be but, fun to just to get it out. Oh yeah. boy, yeah be fun oh, to watch God. i uh it's really good on on letterboxd where you can do uh, movie reviews and stuff i follow this uh journalist in austin texas i believe he's where he, uh, he's at his name is dan solomon and uh he, he wrote this review it, it might be a small spoiler it didn't really ruin anything for me though but i just really love the way he worded it because i remember being back in in 2014 whenever uh, i guess it was when it was when guardians one came out and everybody was like what is like we don't know this team who are these people and then like it was just one of the best like from the get-go right like the that right. series, like you said, is one of the best like superhero trilogies of all time. It's just amazing. And uh, so his review is, me in 2014, I don't know. I don't think the world is really one it's, once a talking raccoon, uh, superhero raccoon, but me today sobbing. If the talking superhero raccoon doesn't save all the baby raccoons, I will burn this theater to the fucking ground. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the level of like you get excited about. Like you're into these characters yeah. now, right? Oh, my God, Steve. I'm so glad you said that because that was going to be my main point is yeah. I – cried during this movie Ugh. not teared up i cried yeah. during this movie oh god multiple times yeah. 
throughout the length of this movie. Again, it was two and a half hours long. It really That's like got man. me. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I, I was so wildly enraptured with uh, some of the characters. Mm-hmm. We meet some new characters as well. Um, there's some flashbacks. Uh, again, there's a lot of stuff I want to say, but I won't just so you can go in as fresh yeah, as possible. It's wonderful though, yeah. But goddamn, dude, it's uh, the fucking he fucking did it. You know, I love it. That's great. He and the whole crew. Yeah, great. Uh, well, that's fantastic. I'm excited. I'll, I'll, I'll report back if and when I get to watch that. But uh, yeah. Um, so I imagine that 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 movie series in general is about love and death. Uh-huh. So I'm going to talk okay. about a TV show we watched called Love and Death. Okay. So, uh, have you heard of this one all? It's on, and uh, robots or Sam's robots. <laughs> Sam's robots. Sam's robots. Love okay. and Death is a a TV series, a seven part mini series on now Max, not HBO Max, uh, that okay. just finally aired its last episode. It was uh, week to week. We were watching it. Basically, it stars uh, a bunch of great people. So the the main star is Elizabeth Olsen. It also has uh, oh. Jesse Plemons in it and um, Patrick. Okay, Fugit. Jesse Plumpkins. Yeah, we Jesse Plumpkins. Jesse Plumpkins. Uh, Patrick Fugit, I think is his name, uh, from Almost Famous. When he he's like the little kid, the main the main like mm. reporter kid, but he's all grown up now. He's really good. Uh, Kristen Ritter from Veronica Mars and uh, Jessica oh, Jones. Yeah. She's in it. She's uh-huh. fantastic. Uh, basically, this is a, a true story based on a June thirteenth, nineteen eighty uh, murder case. Uh, there was a, a an event that happened between two housewives, and they were church <laughs> oh, friends. Go on. <laughs> they were church friends, and one of them was brutally murdered with an axe and this is uh, probably an accident yeah probably an accident exactly so elizabeth olsen plays the the main uh, person who is named uh, candy montgomery and it's all this like small town texas kind of drama whatever but she is fantastic it was shot in austin i found out recently and uh we watched this show Uh, jesse plemons is amazing it's it's essentially uh two couples are all church friends and a bunch of the people around them um elizabeth olsen and uh jesse plemons have an affair and then a bunch of stuff happens whatever so it goes through like the lead up to their affair um them all being like church friends and then the fallout of that and then this murder happens and then it ends with like a few episodes of like the trial and everything uh when we went into this i had heard about it a little bit the trailer was really good we really liked those people so we were like we'll give it a shot um i didn't know much about it though i i I made sure to stay to the end i didn't look anything up about the actual trial to find out like what happens to these people or what Mm -hmm. the the jury decided but so i I won't spoil any of that if people want to look that up that's fine but what i found really interesting about this as well is this is not this is not just one mini series that has come out about this this is the second one there was another series called candy that stars jessica beale in the main role do you know this one i've seen that one. Oh my god okay so you're like this sounds familiar bro <laughs> yeah it does totally I was like, god, okay a, okay yeah i love you're coming out from the other end so i believe candy is a hulu show yes and it's a yeah. five-part series from what I understood. Uh, and I'm super, that's So Amanda and I are very excited now, uh, in a weird murdery way to go watch that one, uh, to see the differences. Uh, what Amanda said, I'm not sure if this is true, but I'll, I'll believe her cause she's my wife and she's extremely smart. Uh, love and death and candy were both in production at the same time by different studios and something happened COVID or whatever. Love and death was kind of uh, put on the back burner. It took a while to come out and then they rushed candy through to get it out first. So oh. there's all, 
also a uh, another version that I found you can find on YouTube for free. There's an old like 1990 TV movie version um, out there as well. Um, I can't remember what that one's called, but so there's there's multiple versions of this. And now that we've watched all of this one, we are extremely excited to go watch that uh, both that that candy show and then um, uh, also that that old TV movie or whatever. So yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, this one was really well acted. Uh, it, the, the production values looked great. Like in Austin and in Texas, you can you can there's a lot of like old ranch homes that haven't been updated, mm-hmm. so you can really get the feel. Like just put some old cars in there and give them some old clothes, and like they they look the, the part, right? Like they they it feels like a 1980 movie. Uh, it totally works, and uh, yeah, it was very intriguing. Um, do you remember much from Candy? I'm so curious from uh, from your experience with that one. Stephen, I need to uh, before I get into that, I need to ask you a <laughs> very important question, please. In your research of Love and Death, mm-hmm. when you saw that it was filmed in Austin, Texas, uh huh. Do you know, oh God, if the cast and crew kept it weird? Oh God, I really hope so, man. I mean, oh God. it's Jesse Plumpkins. How could you not? What about the children? <laughs> I hope they had a good time there. It's a yeah. pizza at Home Slice. Eat a Home Slice, everybody, when you go to Austin. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we, you're telling me we got a home slice and this is not technically my home. Oh my God. This is so weird. It's like a slice of home. This is weird. This, I, I, I don't want to be the one to say it, but Austin's just a little bit twisted. Austin is just a little bit twisted. It's a good look though. First of all, it's a person's name. (laughs) I'm like, okay. I do know Austin. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh And he lives Uh in Texas. Oh man. How awkward. Oh boy. Here we go. Mm. He's a living city. Oh, no. He's not weird at all. He wears suspenders. <laughs> and bow ties. And bow ties, That yeah. could be a good look. That could be a good look. He might be Tucker Carlson. I don't know. The, uh, oh, God. The, uh, the 1990 <laughs> television movie is uh, A Killing in a Small Town, by the way. I just found oh. that out. Yeah. It stars um, okay. uh, Patrick, or no, uh, Brian Dennehy. Do you know that guy? from? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that dude. And then uh, Barbara Hershey. Uh, Barbara Hershey, you might recognize her. I don't remember her from a ton of stuff, but uh, oh, she's no. in Black Swan. She's the mom of, uh, oh, of Black Swan. Okay, yeah, that's what yeah. I mainly know her from. So she plays Candy in that one. I'm intrigued by that too. It's like a, a two-hour TV movie or whatever from back in the day. So damn, lots of versions of this. But yeah, tell me your yeah. your history with Candy. I don't remember. I'm, I haven't seen it yet, so I'm in, I'm intrigued. <laughs> So I watched this like whenever it came out. Yeah. I, I, let me uh, let me scroll back and see. Two it was years ago, uh, maybe now. Uh, yeah, 2022. I think it uh, came out at the beginning of 2022. Okay, so yeah. that's when we watched it. <laughs> I had it on my list for back then to bring it up. I just simply kind of forgot. Oh, yeah. Uh, I forget about no. so many things. I, I didn't know. Yeah, it's uh, still on my list here somewhere. But um, yeah, it's basically what you said. Yeah. You know, right for on. the most part, like Jessica Biel plays the titular candy, I mm-hmm. believe. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, it's just like a, an affair gone wrong. And then, like, there's some murder that happens. And it's. Uh, it's uh, kind of violent. Um, so as you were going through and like detailing this, I was like, "You're like, wait, wow, this seems to this seems to happen back in the past quite a bit." It's like by the book. You're like, I know another story about this. That's so weird. How interesting. Uh, this yes. one was created by David E. Kelly, the Love and Death version on on Max. Oh so, yeah. Uh, you know he's got he's got some good stuff under his belt. Um, I find, but uh, I'm trying to his remember. His dick. <laughs> there's another guy. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. So there's a guy named Tom Pelfrey. 
who is also in this. He was in yeah. Ozark. I had talked about a little bit about, um, on that. He plays uh, Laura Linney's brother on that show, and he kind of plays like a, a long-haired, bearded, not like hippie, but like he's, you know, he's kind of a, a nomad. He, he can't keep a job, whatever. His problem with drugs mm-hmm. and alcohol. And this one, he plays uh, a lawyer, a, a friend of theirs, who ends up t- on taking her case. And uh, he is amazing. I just really like him. Uh, Amanda and I both really like that dude. So anything he'll show up in, that was part of the draw for this one. But uh, overall, yeah, it was uh, it was obviously it's a murder show. So, you know, it's it's weird entertainment to be to be thrilled by sort of. But uh, it was so intriguing. It's very violent as well. And uh, I'll report back as we watch the other ones because I'm, I'm so intrigued by this story. But uh, it's mm-hmm. a wild one, man. So, yeah, this was this was definitely cool. Love and death on uh, on Max. Yeah, I'll be interested to see like what wild swings one yeah. takes over the other, you know? I guess should, over the other, even. Yeah, you should definitely take a, um, uh, look at the trailer for this and see if you want to watch it after you after you know the story or whatever. I'm certainly intrigued mm-hmm. to watch Candy after this, and I'm I'm glad that I watched them in this order because this one was so mm-hmm. good. And yeah. Candy looks, I don't know, Jessica Biel is great, but she looks a little... I don't know. It doesn't look like it's good, uh, basically, as a show. So I'm intrigued by by watching that in a second. I remember thinking it was all right. You yeah, know, yeah. like, she's she's like one of the most beautiful women on oh, the planet. She's fantastic. So it's like she trying to frumpy up like a... Yes, right? Like, she's trying to frumpy... She has, like, <laughs> a, a curly hair, like a... I almost said mullet, but, like, a, what is that? A perm. It looks like she has, like, a perm, yeah. which is just not a good look for, for most people, yeah. but definitely not Jessica Biel, right? Like, uh-huh. uh, and Elizabeth Olsen. I mean, obviously, she's amazing as well, so she's great, but it'd be, it'd be cool to see them together. Let me ask you this. In Love and Death, does volleyball come into play? Volleyball. Oh, yeah, it does. It is? Okay, yeah, yeah. So there's a, yeah. there's a, um, uh, a therapist scene with a, a hypnotist. A hypnotist, like, therapist uh-huh. scene. Does that come up play in Candy? Oh, I don't... Th- I don't recall. There's honestly. a part where they kind of uh, they they're trying to like you know get the the feelings out from this murderer or whatever and ask her about mm-hmm. it. And, uh, I it was so weird in Love and Death, and then I, I found the TV movie and I was trying to make sure it wasn't like a, a fake link, you know, like it was it was not gonna like cut out like halfway through the movie. And I went to like the middle of the old 1990 movie and it cut right to that hypnosis theme. I was like, oh, this is like it's all like real. This really happened. They keep showing yeah. it dramatized, like it's uh, it's the same but different. So I'm intrigued to see if that that how, like what the the parallels are that they show throughout the series so hell yeah dude super intriguing so i'll report Damn. back but uh love and death was pretty great man man that's <laughs> that's so funny that we we each kind of like watch yeah. the same story just like fantastic different, different versions um so talking about um people doing things mm-hmm. uh i'm going to connect Perfect. that to the <laughs> going to connect that to a uh, 2021 movie that I watched on Mubi. Um, it's called Strawberry Mansion. Strawberry Mansion. Mm, never heard of that. It is uh, directed by Ken Tucker, oddly, and then Albert Burney. Uh, it is a low-budget film, I think, mm-hmm. but it's like a... Uh, yeah. But it's like good. Okay. Uh, yeah. like, like an art house type of movie, I think. Um, so in the, the not-too-distant future, uh, there's a surveillance state that uh, is persists across the, uh, uh, I guess, America mm-hmm. uh, in particular. Um, there's this government agent named James Preble, and he's in charge of dream auditing. So whenever you dream about something in this reality, uh, you have to record your dreams, and then an auditor comes by... Hmm. <laughs> 
kind of going back to your your recent uh, discovery of VHSs, uh-huh. your dreams are recorded on a VHS. This auditor comes by, reviews your dreams, whatever shows up in your dreams, whether it's a banana or if it's a couch or if it's a car. Uh, you have to pay taxes on whatever you dream about, oh. and so it's it's just like three huh. cents here, fourteen cents there, a buck seventy five over here, and then yeah, that's kind of how you pay your taxes. He eventually goes to this farmhouse hmm. that has a strawberry colored mansion on it, and he meets this lady uh, named Arabella Bella Isadora, and um, she's an, an aging artist. Her husband has passed away, and so he goes there to, uh, because she hasn't been paying her taxes, he's there to audit her dreams, and um, she lets him stay there. She's a, a super friendly lady, and she's like, I have a guest room. Why don't you just stay here? You can go through all of my tapes. And she has this, like, room that's filled with VHS tapes that he's like, fuck, it's going to take me fucking forever. So he stays there, and as he's going through her dreams, he has the realization that a lot of his own dreams are just riddled with advertising. Hmm. So the government is essentially placing advertisements in your dreams, and, and then, then you pay taxes wow. on it. And then, yeah, that's kind of fucking shady, right? How interesting. But, this is so interesting to me, man. Oh, man, I, I fucking enjoyed the shit out of it. It's very, like, quiet. It's very yeah. much an indie movie. Right. But That poster's rad. Oh, it's lovely, right? Yeah, it's, it's so, it's so it's different like, looking. I, I just love that this type of cinema exists. Mm-hmm. Like, people get so pissed off about, like, oh, the Marvel movies and Star Wars and, you know, all the, like, Fast and Furious movies. All of these are destroying cinema. No one's like holding a fucking gun to your head and telling you to watch these right, movies. Right. Like, there's, there's so much out there. If you have Max or if you have uh, Disney Plus or Netflix, mm-hmm. you can also access movie. You know, you, right. you pay for a service and then you get to watch those those movies on there. Um, I, I was really into this movie uh, as he's going through and, and exploring her dreams. He uh, becomes more and more connected to her. And uh, the story goes from there. So I really recommend this movie. Uh, Unfortunately, it's not uh, available to... Well, I guess you can buy it. Holy shit. Uh, Well, it's available to buy, evidently. Uh, So that's good. But uh, also, you can get it on Mubi. I would encourage anyone who's, like, into cinema Mm -hmm. to get Mubi for maybe, like, some trial period or whatever and go through and explore a little bit, see what's out there. Uh, Because they have a, a lot of really good stuff. Like, almost too much for... Uh, when I had it for like three or four months. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I had more time to spend on it, I would have because they just constantly are curating more and more right. art house cinema stuff to uh, to throw on there. I was really impressed with it. Also really impressed with Strawberry Mansion, again, from 2021. Man, that is so intriguing. I am uh, very, very excited about that. It looks my kind of quirky, my kind of weird. Yes. You know, and uh, I know uh-huh. you liked movie, uh, the service service when you got it. So I would like to look that up now. I have a reason to with that kind of, you know, with the uh, with this movie. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to put that on my list for sure, man. That sounds great. Well, I'm going to jump Perfect. off with that one since that was <laughs> this is a weird People one, doing okay. stuff. <laughs> no, <laughs> since that one was Strawberry Mansion, a three syllable first word with a second syllable second word i watched okay. licorice pizza oh wow okay, okay. so uh, i you, i only recently <laughs> uh-huh. heard that licorice pizza 
is a reference to a vinyl record. I was like, oh. I don't know what that meant from it, actually. Uh, oh, really? I didn't get that from the movie. They just, I don't, I don't know that they ever talk about that. I didn't understand oh, what okay. that meaning meant, but that sounds great. A licorice pizza, a vinyl mm-hmm. record. Wow, that totally makes sense. Um, yeah. This one I was excited about. It is a uh, 2021 comedy drama film. Um, it is set in 1973. I'm in, I'm in, yeah, I like that kind of movie where it's like, it's, this isn't like a, a day in the life. It's like a, um, it takes place over like a, a longer period of time, but I thought it was going to be kind of like a dazed and confused a little bit, I guess. Uh, it's by, yeah. by Paul Thomas Anderson, who has uh, an, an interesting career. I don't, I don't follow him a ton. I don't, I don't watch a lot of the stuff he's done, but I do like his stuff. Uh, he did Boogie Nights, mm-hmm. um, which I've seen. I, I've, I haven't seen a bunch of his stuff, actually, though. It's like There Will Be Blood, Magnolia. It's like a bunch of stuff I've always heard about. Inherent Vice, I remember starting, but I didn't finish it, but it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I, I love the the look of this film like from the trailers it looked like it'd be right up my alley it's got some good people and it's got alana haim from uh the group uh haim i guess that's how you say it right oh okay uh, yeah and she was pretty great um the uh the main guy is named uh cooper hoffman and i don't know him from anything else but he was pretty great um uh, bradley cooper was in it i had no idea about that one that was really interesting oh my God. uh he plays a uh he also plays Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> I swear to God, Stephen. I, I swear to God. If Rocket Raccoon doesn't get nominated for an Oscar this oh, year, yeah, this is the one. I'm gonna fucking lose my mind. He fucking deserves it. And I don't mean Bradley Cooper as the voice of Rocket Raccoon. I mean Rocket Raccoon as the fictional character who is a anthropomorphic raccoon deserves a fucking Oscar. You I'm just really saying want it. him to get it. Wow. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's you worth know what it. I'm saying? If it's worth it, it's oh, worth it. Goddamn. Anyway, Bradley yeah. Cooper's in this licorice <laughs> pizza. He plays a um, a real life person in this one. Most of the story, I think, is just you know made up. It's, it takes place in like the San Fernando Valley, so it's like California in the 1970s, whatever. But um, he plays an actual person who is a producer. Um, I'm trying to look up his name right now. Um, he was uh, Barbara Streisand. His name is John Peters. He's Barbara Streisand's oh. hairdresser who became a his like her like lover and maybe married her. I'm not sure. Uh, girl or boyfriend girlfriend situation at least. But he became a producer. John Peters uh, is the one that Kevin Smith talks about in his special about the crazy producer who wanted to put a spider in the Superman spider movie, and everything. And it ended up being <laughs> Wild Wild West, right? So this guy is like in the 70s. He's got like it's like uh, Bradley Cooper with like a perm. And oh, uh, boy. just a, it's a whole a whole vibe, man. He was pretty great. Did you think it. you were watching Candy at that point? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Biel would make a really good pair. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to like this one a lot more. I honestly, I watched it like a month ago, and I I can barely remember most of it. I feel like it might be one of those movies. If I watched more of it, I would like it. I realized that I've started a few of his movies. Like I said, I, I started Inherent Vice. I think I started The Master at one point, which is kind of like a Scientology oh. sort of movie, um, like an L. Ron Hubbard sort of ca- character. But they're, they're they're maybe just not my jam. I'm not sure. Maybe I need to be in the right headspace. I expected to like this one more, but uh, it just didn't really work for me. Um, I, I liked a lot of the vibe of it, but uh, as the story went on, I just didn't really like the characters, I realized. It was one of those mm. things where it's like, sometimes that's in, that can be fine. It can be intriguing. It can be whatever. It can be great. But sometimes I'm just like, I don't, I'm not in the mood to watch people that I don't really care for. And uh, okay. the movie, I just didn't really know what it was about. I, didn't, I watched the trailer a while ago, kind of forgot about it, watched the movie. Um, it's kind of, a, it's about like hustle culture. It's like people that want to make it successful or whatever. And they're mm-hmm. trying all these businesses and, and they're kind 
kind of having this it's like this this girl and this guy they're friends but she's a little bit older they have a he likes her they're having like this sort of romantic you know back and forth tension thing but i just didn't really get into the, the story or the characters that much so i wouldn't yeah. not recommend it i just might not be for me but uh yeah i i checked it out it was okay uh i'm gonna jump off mm-hmm. that one real quick as well just okay. to say that i did start dazed and confused last night because uh i'm feeling summer i got all these graduations i was filming at work all those are out of the way so i started it last night and i was thrilled with myself because brent last night was the 27th of may saturday this is the the 28th of may recording on a sunday that mm-hmm. movie i did not realize takes place on may 28th 1976 <gasps> So wow. I just so happened to watch it for the first time this summer on the day. Like I, I, I watched it to make sure as, as midnight flipped over, uh, I was watching that movie on the day uh, it took place years and years ago. So that was pretty fun randomly to happen to me. Wow. So uh, that's that awesome. Definitely up my alley. I'm a big Days and Confused fan, but Licorice Pizza, <laughs> just kind of okay. So Okay. Wow. And I'm not even sure. I think it was on Prime when I watched I think it's still there. I think you can watch it for free still, so that's good. But yeah, uh, yeah Licorice Pizza. Does music play a big part in it? I think it's yeah, yeah. It's one of those movies with like a good soundtrack and stuff. Um, okay. Not so much as like uh, plot wise, but yeah, good. Mm-hmm. I think his stuff has that. Like he's he's good at period pieces. He's good with music, that kind of things, mm-hmm. uh, setting a tone. Uh, but maybe the tone didn't you know didn't quite work for me. Interesting. But it had music in it. Yes. Okay. Good. If you need to jump that off, yeah. Uh-huh. That's good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, if there was a chess set that was made entirely out of menstrual blood oh okay what would the things that you move around the board be considered period pieces (laughs) (laughs) wow what a visual number one Uh, i've been playing a lot of chess lately and i'm I'm gonna stop Uh, okay (laughs) i feel like that could happen like back in the day you know where it's Uh like uh I don't know. Mm-hmm. They would make stuff out of like human bone or some shit, you know? Yeah. Like that could happen. Oh, ma, mine's all goopy again. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> no, I don't like it. I don't like it. I gotta take a shower now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, off licorice pizza, where you're talking about people uh, wanting and desiring things, I wanna tell you about an image comic series. Eight issues long called Eight Billion Genies. Eight Billion oh. Genies. Stephen Fisher, are you familiar title. with this concept? Not at all. Are you familiar with the concept of genies? Stephen Fisher from the Let's Talk About Stuff is on the air now. Stephen, go ahead. Yes. Fuck, okay, he knows too much. <laughs> uh, if I can't cuss on the air, God fucking damn it. This is my last show. <laughs> <laughs> it was about to get real, real dark there. Yeah. I cut myself off. Um, Eight Billion Genies is a comic written by Charles Soule, illustrated by Ryan Brown. And the, the concept is this. The eight billionth person on the planet is born. Mm-hmm. And at that point, these magical genies show up and appear to every person on the planet. Oh, wow. And they say, you have one wish. And so eight billion people have eight billion wishes. Wow. What a cool That's concept. That's the general... The general concept of it. Okay. Um, it the the story primarily focuses on a group of maybe I don't know like ten eight to ten people at this bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever the genies show up, the bar owner makes a wish to protect uh, the bar from any other wish. So that was his first mm. 
That was his only wish. Okay. Everyone gets one wish. It's not like a three wish thing. Right. There's no genie's lamp, nothing like that. Yeah. Everybody gets one wish. Um, if you're a an infant uh, or a, a baby, you have a genie as well, but you don't get to make that wish until you turn like I don't know, 16, something like that, okay. to, to where you're like responsible enough to to make specific wishes. That said. A lot of those wishes get burnt up real fucking quick I was because say, it's like time. I, yeah. To, well, to I mean, it's 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 the amount of time it takes to make a wish. I suppose uh, there are a lot of people who burn their wishes early, where they're like, "I want to be the richest person on the planet." And they're the richest person. Then somebody else makes that wish. <laughs> they're now the richest person. So it like kind of snowballs or whatever. Wow. So a lot of wishes cancel each other out and whatnot. Yeah. Um, what a bummer. There's. Uh, some wishes that people make that um, like one of the the characters in the story uh, she makes a wish uh, to for like somebody to fall in love with her Mm. but they're walking in the bar at that point and they're stuck in the bar therefore that wish is canceled and the the person that she likes is not uh, in love with her so like that wish is yeah it kind of goes by the wayside. Um, the cool thing about the storytelling for this is throughout the eight issues, it explores the story in the first eight seconds, the first eight minutes, the first eight oh, hours, and so on. And eventually, eights. it gets to the first eight millennium of oh, it. Oh, wow. It, yeah. That is and, crazy. Uh, it is some crazy shit because uh, people have insane wishes. I feel like I would... I would make some. I would make a very dumb wish where I want to be like a tie, like a, a giant, uh, like robot man or something uh-huh. like that. So you do see stuff like that throughout the story. Like sometimes people wish to be superheroes, but they're kind of like fucked up looking superheroes or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, it, it shows like at, toward the beginning of each chapter, it says um, eight billion genies, and then it has like uh, eight months. Uh, later or mm-hmm. something like that uh, below the, the picture of the planet and at a certain point there's like a giant chunk of the planet that has like a bite out of it or oh, whatever like somebody, yeah. <laughs> and then uh it also shows it later on where there's a, a guy who's just like standing off the planet. he's like so big that he's like off the page standing on the planet and uh it's just some of the wishes in here are just insane the, the so many crazy designs that went into this book it's fucking awesome uh early on in this book's uh run it got picked up by amazon so oh, okay uh, might be made they, something. amazon has the option to make this a tv show right which i i hope would be as good as the the comic because the comic was fucking stellar oh, that's I would great urge anyone who's maybe not interested in like superhero stuff or um you know like cosmic sci-fi to check out eight billion genies from image comics uh, all eight issues are out right now the collection should be out uh probably within a few months uh but check it out it's like an all all-in-one self-contained story and you get to meet a lot of characters and uh so much of it is fucking interesting you know yeah, that's really cool. Uh, that sounds yeah. like such a great concept. There's, that's yeah. why again, like I love comic books because they can do all this crazy shit. Like they might make mm-hmm. that into a show, but that'd be so much harder to make, you know, out the gate that way. But uh, you can come right. up with these cool concepts and then just put them to paper, and then you go. You got these this amazing right. stuff. How cool! Mm-hmm. That sounds yeah. great, man. Hell yeah! Really want to check that out too. Um, let's see. I I want to also jump uh, off of that into a comic, but I know that you were you were in the middle of reading this. I'm not sure if you were finished reading the last contract. 
Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, Finished that uh, two that? nights ago. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Amazing. Okay, great. So uh, this was a, a book. Um, this was actually one of the topics, many topics that was from the Lost Barbarian episode. So I wanted to mention yes. this again, but uh, it was so cool to me. Uh, kind of like one of the things I mentioned earlier, this is just one of those things I was looking for some kind of entertainment and just stumbled upon, and it looked really cool. The cover for it uh, is just neat. It, it has like the last contract kind of like a, a faded old font going up, like slanted on the cover. It's got a picture of like a, a car with an open trunk next to a, a body of water, and there's two guys, one on his knees, one behind him. Looks like he's about to kill the dude in front of him. This is like the cover of this book, and it just looked cool. It looked like an old noir type of thing, and uh, right. it's by Ed Brisson, Lissandro Estherin, and Nico Guardia, and uh, mm-hmm. it's cool. It's like this, uh, this little series about a hitman who's really old. He kind of gets you know, like brought back into the game somehow, and uh, there's like a, a younger guy involved. There's like some mobster type stuff and, and kidnappings and, and mm-hmm. revenge and whatever, and it really plays out like a noir thing. It's uh, it's drawn really well. The, the coloring is cool to me. It fits that noir style. It's kind of got like a gritty tone to it, but uh, mm-hmm. not so distracting. Like I remember that, that witch's book we read so long ago. It's the one I was thinking about, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, yeah. That looks like it, they're just trying too hard almost with the, with the mm-hmm. art uh, to make it look some sort of way. But this one was cool. Um, and I just loved the story. I, I could see this playing out like a movie. And it, it almost felt uh, simple in a way, you know, like uh, just like mm-hmm. a really well done sort of gangster movie or hitman sort of movie. But uh, yeah. it played out so cinematically to me. So I just really dug it. I, and, and really, it was because I had no expectations. I just found the cover picked it up on comiXology just thought hey this might be kind of cool and uh, and read it and it was it was really neat to me so i enjoyed it i, I recommended it to you so uh what did you think about it brent uh i really fucking enjoyed it uh i have never heard of this comic oh cool. um, right on. like when it was coming out i think this came out in like 2013 2014 okay. as single issues from boom studios at the end of this collected edition they have images of the individual covers as they were coming out none of it looks familiar to me at all oh, weird. so and I, I feel like i'm pretty plugged into uh you know modern right. mainstream comics like this but somehow it just like did not hit my radar for whatever reason but uh, ed brisson is a um he's he's worked his way up the ranks he's uh, done stuff for uh i think marvel and dc okay. comics at this point um Was i think he the he writer does, Yes, I don't know yeah. if, that's, if they're listed a certain. This, I'm looking at the cover. That's all I had. So, because uh, the writing on it, I thought was stellar. So I would look up him again. Yeah, he was great. Oh, for sure. Yes. Um, let's see. And the uh, the artist uh, Lissandro Estherin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the way that the artist draws hands. Mm. Uh, it's just so so well done I, that's something that a lot of people struggle with. Sure. I've struggled with it in the past, but like whenever you're working in the, a comics medium. Uh, and especially when you have artwork that's not necessarily like cartoony in like a Disney way, right. but it is uh, expressive. Like people look like people, but there's a little bit of like a, a caricature yeah, totally. to the visual. Um, he does a lot of uh, expressing with hands when a character is giving dialogue mm-hmm. that I really appreciate. But the hands never look fucked up like an AI bot did right, it or something right, right. where it's like uh, you have 96 fingers now yeah. for some fucking reason, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, it just looks really good. And I, I really appreciate that. Um, it like you said, it's a very noir setting. That primary setting in this is Canada. I think the entire oh, yeah. story takes place in various parts of Canada. Which is um, great. Canada's so amazing. Our fucking neighbors to the north mm-hmm. uh, getting real ugly up there in this comic. So yeah, it's revenge filled. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's violent. Yeah. yeah, but in a great way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just really solid. Oh yeah, 
Absolutely. Oh, and it, it moves it moves at a really good pace. There's a dog in this. Uh, dog's fine. Mm-hmm. Dog's never in full on danger. That's important. You know? Right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, there's a, a woman that shows up in this named Sharon. Do you remember that scene? No, I haven't seen I haven't read it in a while, so yeah okay uh she's uh an assassin uh that he comes oh, across right, right, and right. He, he can never remember her name properly uh or at least it's alluded to that but i like their interaction mm-hmm. she was great uh, yeah. but yeah different, different everything woman. yes mm-hmm. yeah everything comes to a head uh at the end of the series you know and um there's no like magic or superpowers or anything like that right. in this book it's just a straight up crime comic something that could be made into it like a tv show or a movie fairly easily right you don't have to have any type of crazy special effects yeah, in it, it would be for a the simple story yeah it would really play out well that way but it, it plays out that yeah. way in comics it's it works absolutely yeah. Yeah, a lot of like hand drawn sound effects in this as well that I appreciate. Mm, nice. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 so glad that you read this. I remember buying this on Comixology like years ago mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I just never got around to reading it. I saw the cover as well. I was like, oh, this looks cool. And I bought it. Uh, I think I was like sitting on a beach that had some uh, pretty kick ass Wi Fi. I thought, oh, this is so yeah, great. So it. excited for this. <laughs> I bought it. Just like put it on like Delays. a digital shelf or whatever. And I didn't get back to it. So I'm glad you you uh, brought this to my attention. It was right on, uh, very well done. The last contract from boob studios if you have a comiXology unlimited account this is just something you can pick up at no extra charge and read oh, sweet. Yeah, uh, yeah, or if you decide it. to buy it you can get it from a local comic shop or on a kindle or whatever for uh, a nominal price i would say right on man that sounds great i'm glad you liked it yeah. yeah it was really cool i'd really recommend it last contract hell yeah dude um uh i guess like speaking of um crime stuff uh-huh uh Actually, speaking of stuff uh, from our lost episode. Oh, yeah, you know, please. I might as well rip this Band-Aid off. Yep. Uh, I watched a trilogy of sorts uh, starring my good friend Art the Clown called All's, or All Hallows' Eve from 2013, which is an antho- anthology movie mm-hmm. uh it's kind of like vhs if people have seen that uh, a bunch of like stories strung together uh with a a, a book in theme of like murder and art right, the clown right. i guess i don't know <laughs> um and then uh, terrifier one from uh, 2016 and terrifier two from 2022 i gotta say i did not remember this was from the lost episode uh of uh-huh. barbarian i think we referenced this briefly with allison because you joked with her on the on the actual barbarian episode we had last right week. uh and i yeah i didn't I, again i was i told you uh off air i was worried about referencing stuff that we had talked about <laughs> that people didn't know we had talked about so i'm so glad you're bringing this up again i have not caught these since you mentioned them uh i do know about art the clown and the terrifier movies but i didn't realize it came he came from all Hallows eve so yeah i'm uh please talk about this this weird trilogy i'm very excited I'm going to try my best to remember what uh, any of this stuff is. I felt like I had prepared for it leading up to that right, episode, and then it it's good. lost, and then all my memory is lost. Uh, again, all, all Hallow's Eve anthology series. Uh, it's a babysitter watching some kids on Halloween night. Uh, after they come home from trick-or-treating, they see that somebody slipped them a VHS tape. They watch the tape, and uh, that's kind of what we see mm-hmm. as viewers. Right is, uh, uh, it's a, a, a bunch of killings on this VHS tape. VHS tape. Uh, the first one stars Art the Clown. I think maybe there's a second one that has Art the Clown in it as well. For people who don't know, Art the Clown is one of the uh, more modern slashers, and uh, he looks fucking cool, dude. I, I just fucking look. yeah, yeah. He's he's more like a mime. He doesn't speak. 
Um, he's not like uh, Pennywise the mm-hmm. clown, uh, to where he like tries to lure kids into a storm drain or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he, he doesn't speak, uh, but he does sometimes have a gun, and it's so funny <laughs> to me to see a slasher that's more like a banger, you know. But yeah, uh, he he uh, started out as one actor in the uh, the anthology, and then moved on to a, a different actor for Terrifier One okay, and right Terrifier on. Two. Um, so the the design shifted slightly, but um, I, I gotta say, man, like first Terrifier movie was like pretty good. Like I I really enjoyed it. I think Mitch over at the Terror Table, uh, he wasn't big on that one, mm-hmm. but he also loved Terrifier Two. I believe that was in his top 10 list from last year okay, on gotcha. the terror table. They're super uh, violent, I, right? Like, or bloody, gory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it really is. Uh, right. But but I'm in such awe of it that, like, the, the writer-director uh, is also the person who makes the special effects. Oh, cool. And it looks fucking good, dude. Like... Gross. I don't... I don't know how how much money is spent on that yeah but there you can tell there's a lot of time and effort and just like sincere love for the genre and for making those movies that go into these movies um i uh like terrifier one uh, i'm trying to remember what the the plot of it is exactly uh there's a guy who's terrifying and uh, oh, wow. some people um it. So there, there's some like graphic murder scenes. There's one in particular that uh, the people reference uh, that I'll, I'll let uh, you find. Um, Terrifier 2 was a nice revelation for me because it's kind of like a quasi superhero movie. In oh, a way. OK, that's a cool concept. Uh, so it's like a, a superhero fighting a slasher. <laughs> and I don't know. It it really works for me. It. It is long. Mm-hmm. I will say Terrifier 2 is long, but I was I was in for it, man. Like, I see why people might be turned off from it, but I'm just... I was in, dude. Right on. Like, I, I, I really... I think Art the Clown might be, like, one of my new favorite slashers, for real. I'm very much looking forward to a, a third one uh, when it comes out. That'd be great, yeah. I think we had talked about it before, too, that it's like you don't get very many, you know, noticeable or notable slashers anymore. And uh, we haven't had one since, like, Ghostface, really, I guess. Or, or I guess, uh, like, Saw, like Jigsaw, maybe, is, yeah, like, was, a, a look, you know? Uh, the, um, oh, God, what's the the one that begins with the B? Uh, the uh, Beetlejuice. Uh, be- oh, fuck. <laughs> Um, it's like a, a female, one? yeah. It's like a, a female, uh, the Babadook. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh-huh. As a new like uh, recognizable character, but there's no like sequels yeah. to that. I guess it's like uh, yeah, right. I don't know. There's something to to slashers that they have to have like multiple versions of that. Almost even like costume mm-hmm. changes or like actor changes. Like uh, yeah. there's we haven't had something like that in a while, and uh, I feel like this is nice to have something new. I I'm intrigued by them. I I didn't seek them out. I knew they looked really gory, and I think that's why we brought it up with Allison. Is that I like that stuff, but I don't seek it out. And it seemed like that was maybe partly the point of these movies or why they were so scary. But uh, I'm glad that you mentioned that because it sounds like he's a, a compelling character as well so uh, and he has a compelling yeah. look absolutely he's got this like very pointy nose and chin um he is like a, a little bit of a supernatural yeah. being and there's some like deep lore that that goes throughout oh, okay. one into two yeah. and then like potentially beyond that even um 
Matter of fact, in Terrifier 2, now that I remember, there is a like mid credit scene, maybe a post credit scene mm-hmm. that's essentially just like a whole ass scene of a movie. Oh, wow. like it's not. Yeah, it's like wow, you could have just like put that in the movie, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But um, it, it was uh, oddly satisfying to right to on. watch this. It was it's very dark, very bloody, but also very enjoyable <laughs> because it's just like there's something about the horror genre where it's it's a, a little bit schlocky like this mm. where it's like oh this is people just having fucking fun right. and it, it really shows even though it's like gory it's still kind of fun you know I, I i fucking dig it man i'm intrigued by that do you remember where you watched any of those i can look them up but uh yeah uh terrifier 2 let's see is currently streaming on like peacock okay. i think i watched it on tubi or maybe plex mm-hmm. and then terrifier 1 that one is on Peacock, Plex. We have Peacock as well, right now. So. Amanda's got it for some show she was watching, so uh, I could probably check some stuff out there. I should, I should try. And oh, then yeah. the first one was called what now? All Hallows Eve. Right. All Hallows Eve. Let me see if that's uh, streaming anywhere. Um, but yeah, like I don't think you even need to watch All Hallows Eve uh-huh. uh, for the most part. It, it seems like it, it's though, a yeah, yeah. I, you know, I I wanted to check out the whole fucking thing. Right. You know. Uh, let's see. That is on Tubi. Okay, man, Tubi with slash the, wins. Uh, the Roku channel, but uh, you can't watch that on your uh, your Apple TV no, for whatever reason. Yeah, I need, a, uh, need that access. Yeah. Well, right on. Um, okay, so I'm going to branch off of that with three quick movies myself that I'll mention all kind of together because, as okay. I said, I've been I've been into the, my summer movies again, and uh, so a few of those that I always watch are, are camp movies. So I love uh, camp movies. Rock and roll. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love. Uh, <laughs> I love. Rock. I was like playing in my head. I was like, wait, what did they say? <laughs> oh right. <laughs> um, so I watched Heavyweights. And because I watched Heavyweights mm-hmm. on Disney Plus, I watched Camp Nowhere on Disney Plus. So these are like just two movies uh, that I grew up with. Uh, they both take place at different kinds of camps. Um, they're fun, I, I, nostalgic, whatever. But uh, I bring these up because they're great movies. Heavyweights in particular is a uh, Judd Apatow written movie, co-written movie, and I've been really into his oh, stuff lately. Okay. I'm, I'm actually in the middle of a book of his where he interviews other comedians, and it's been really fascinating. And uh, he worked with Paul Feig on Freaks and Geeks, so. I'm also in the middle of that series and i've been kind of watching a lot of his stuff and paul feig is in uh heavyweights and then uh he went on to like direct ghostbusters in 2016 and uh bridesmaids mm-hmm. i think he directed that movie as well so he's he's done a great a lot of great stuff and judd apatow has such great you know comedic chops whatever and i like the stuff he and the people he works with so i watched those but this led me into the real reason i wanted to bring this up and it's a movie that i hadn't seen since i was a kid in a long time it's called the big green do you remember that movie oh. at all coming out it's a soccer movie from 1995 I remember the poster. There's like yes. a goalie uh, who, yeah. who's like kind of catty. Oh, yeah. He gets kicked in the balls with a ball. And it's, uh, yeah. it's Ham, Ham Porter from uh, Sandlot. And then, yes. uh, which was uh, two years before that. I think it came out in 93. So this is two years later. So it's it's that kid from like Son-in-Law. He's in a lot of great stuff. Uh, it's also got Squints from uh, from the Sandlot as well in this. He, oh, he, wow. uh, he plays okay. like another kid. It's uh, basically a small town Texas uh uh, where it's like the, there's like one school teacher for like 12 kids on all these, you know, in all kinds of different grades, like small one school room house or a schoolhouse type of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Steve Gutenberg is in it. He is the sheriff oh, of the wow. town. He is the only one <laughs> that adopts a uh, quote unquote Texas drawl. And uh, it's quite funny because I'm a, I'm a big Steve Gutenberg fan from back in mm-hmm. like the police academy days and then into a, a heinous but interesting character and, and Veronica Mars. 
Mars season two that he was uh, he was a part of. But, oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he is uh, interesting in this as well. I remember when this came out, I was 10 years old. I liked these kids and a lot of other stuff. It felt like another type of movie that I would like, but I remember never really liking it. It just doesn't really work that well. There's like a goat uh, that were, that he's like the big green. They like paint him green. It's like they oh. have these weird CGI cutscenes with him with like a goat. <laughs> and like instead, there's a scene. Oh God, this is so weird. There's scenes where like they're playing soccer. They get better and better. It's a typical like Mighty Duck story. Like ragtag team gets better and better right. beats the 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 crazy kids who are like really competitive you know by the end of the movie it's like all pretty paint my numbers whatever but uh it had some interesting things in it that i that i wanted to bring it up so i still didn't really like it that much but i i put it on the background i was doing laundry it was kind of interesting to watch this old movie i hadn't seen with all these people i liked but uh in particular a couple things to note so this movie uh came out in 1995 uh there's a line that i love that one of the i think squint says it uh someone said the teacher is like trying to pump them up and be like you guys can be whatever you want to be and one of the kids like deadpans this line where he says don't you know the american the american dream died when reagan was elected and i was like wow (laughs) i agree with that statement i agree with this kid what an interesting concept there's also uh uh the team really sucks until one kid shows up new to school his name was juan there's an entire subplot Mm. about him and his his mom being illegals and the oh, wow. adults talk about them and there's a subplot i'm not i'm gonna spoil this movie for a few points whatever because whatever uh but there's like a whole subplot where it's like he's too good so the other coach on the competitive team schemes to get him deported oh, so boy. that he okay. can't play soccer <laughs> and yeah. it's just such a weird concept that they really go into this like they have a line one time when he's talking to this other guy and he's like i bet they're legal and he says most of them are and I'm like, oh, wow, what a weird damn. thing to put in like a Disney movie of all things. Crazy. Yeah. But uh, 1995, the first, do you know when the first Disney live action movie was released? They did a lot of animated stuff, right? Wow. 1955 yeah. or 50. Uh, okay. It was like the first live action thing they did. 1995, uh, 45 to 50 years later or whatever, 55 years later. This is the first female directed live action Disney film. Holy shit. Took that long. Crazy, right? Uh, then I found yeah. out the first female-directed animated film uh, for Disney was Frozen in 2013. Wow. directed Holy shit. Yeah, uh, which is wild as well. So, um, And that's Jennifer Lee. So uh, just a weird kind of thing. Um, the, the director of this, her name is Holly Goldberg Sloan, and uh, she had done a, a few different movies. She did. Uh, she wrote Angels in the Outfield. She was a big hit right before this. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. a great movie I still really like. Uh, little Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you know. And this was her next thing. So they, they did really well with that. They gave her this movie to write and direct. Uh, didn't turn out so well, but uh, yeah, it was interesting to watch for for various reasons but i couldn't believe that this was the first female directed li- uh, disney live action film so there you go the big green that's crazy uh that's, that's kind of like coming off of uh like you said the mighty ducks and then little giants right exactly those type of like 94 little kid sports movies yeah this is like a shitty version of little giants they actually play out some of the exact same plot points you know like uh, a a dad is kind of absent and then he shows up at the final game and it's like this big moment for that kid and he scores a goal or whatever you know it's like they play it from like the exact script of little giants which i do like a lot yeah (laughs) that's funny 
fucking Al Bundy's in it. Yeah, man. Uh. <laughs> Rick Moranis. It's good. It's good. Good stuff. But uh, the Big Green, I wouldn't really recommend. It was interesting to watch for some from, for some nostalgia. Uh, sure. But yeah. Once I read that, I was just like, I'm so intrigued by a lot of aspects of this movie. There's a whole illegals subplot, which is really problematic, uh, and mm-hmm. it wasn't made that long ago. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe me as a kid was like, I'm not cool with this. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, going back to heavyweights. I remember having the same dragon shirt as somebody like some other kid oh, in that yeah. movie. I was like, dude, the, but I have that shirt, dude. <laughs> it's a, it, that is one of those weird things where if you recognize somebody from a TV show or a movie, like if they have on a piece of clothing that you own, it's a little bit like. Oh, but you guys like shop at Target? Right. Like for the movie? <laughs> you did that? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's I was like, of course they do. They they have to get clothing from somewhere, right? So uh they're not going to necessarily make every every uh stitch of clothing. Right. I mean, yeah, that would take too much. But uh it's kinda cool to be able to see your own shit on there and be like, I'm obviously yeah. awesome because Keenan wore that or some shit. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> episode of Bridgerton, some guy's wearing like Mossimo <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I guess, okay. I guess sure. so. I don't know. Uh, so the the three movies you watched, you said were Heavyweights, The Big Green, and what was the Camp other one? Camp Nowhere. Camp Nowhere. Camp Nowhere is a uh, it's a movie. Uh, it's got Christopher Lloyd, and oh, it's about a okay. bunch of kids who basically um, use Christopher Lloyd. He's like a, an old drama teacher. They use him to trick their parents into the fact that they're going to these specific summer camps, but instead they steal all the money and they rent their own summer camp and have Camp Nowhere. So it's like run by 13 year olds. Uh, but it's got a lot of people in it. Um, Jessica Alba's in it really, really young. And uh, Christopher Lloyd is in it, which is great because there's a sheriff in it who is played by uh, Biff from Back to the Future. So it's like them coming oh, back together. Okay. Uh, and he's really quirky and funny in it too. So uh, yeah, it's a movie I grew up on and I really love. It's got a, a good like you know kid feeling of like rebellion you know. Uh, I always thought it was like the coolest shit growing up interesting andrew keegan's in it yeah. rookie of the year yeah he's uh he's in that and then um fucking uh oh god there's a there's a girl that was in smallville and then um she was in that cult nexium and and she was sentenced for uh for sex crimes and she's in it Is as it? a little girl and it's really weird um is it alex mack uh, yeah uh it's not alex mack is like a Oh, that's show. like a, a TV show. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah. something like that. Uh, it's like something Mac. Uh, Mac and me. <laughs> Mac and cheese? Oh, wait, wait, wait. I just came across it. Uh, yeah, Allison Mac. Allison Mac, yeah. So she's there. In we it. go. And there's a part uh, towards the end of the movie where they kind of get caught, you know, spoilers for that movie too. Christopher Lloyd is explaining it, and there's a part where he says, Yeah, I started a cult. Got all these kids to believe in me. We were just about to do the tattoos, which is one of the things they did in her actual cult. And I was like, whoa, oh, this is mind blowing. Super weird. But uh, yeah, it's a weird. It's a good movie, though, man. I, I like it. It's fun. She made some extra notes on that script that day. Too huh? much. A little too yeah, much. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. 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 Uh, so I'm going to build off of your trilogy for my trilogy for May. Uh, oh. I watched all the, the Terrifier movies, but they were like not in one consecutive or one contained month. Right. It was like kind of okay. over time. Um, so this one, I watched every single movie within uh, the month of May 2023. And this is the Dollars Trilogy. Mm. So it's a the old Western Hell Clint yeah. Eastwood movies. 
And uh, so I watched A Fistful of Dollars from 1964 for a few dollars more, 1965, and then finally The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly from 1966. These are all spaghetti westerns. And uh, look, I know uh, I've had fun at the expense of <laughs> Italians uh, in the past. It's all in jest. I don't hate anyone right, uh, right. just by default, you know, based on... Uh, uh, just white people. Where they come from or whatever. Yeah, just just all white right, people. Exactly. You all are fucking terrible. Um, no, no, no. Like, uh, uh, but I, I was like, as I was reading this article on uh, Wikipedia, uh, I was like, why do they call it a spaghetti western? Mm-hmm. So I tapped on that link, spaghetti western, westerns that are filmed in Italy. It's, wow. it's not your fault. This, this oh, that's right fucked there. up, dude. <laughs> There's a little restaurant in in Texas here, in Houston, called Spaghetti Western, that I really want to try. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a cowboy bar, but they serve spaghetti. <laughs> it was by one of my Damn. works one time, and I was like, I need to try it now. Damn. So amazing. Wow, that's incredible. I have never seen these movies. Uh, they, they've always been talked about as some of the... Uh, you know, the, the iconic Westerns, really, the spaghetti Westerns or not, uh, with Clint Eastwood. So right. I'm, I'm super intrigued to see what you think of them. So I through like the, 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 the quick little bit of research I did, I, I just finished the last movie uh, earlier today. Okay. Um, and through some of that research, I saw that uh, these movies, uh, all directed by uh, Sergio Leone. Leone? Is, Leone? Mm-hmm. There we go. I think uh, I say I guess. it. Uh, a very respectful spaghetti right. to you, uh, <laughs> my dear boy. Um, he, uh, I, I, I guess these are supposed to be like a satire of westerns. Mm. But as I was watching them, I'm like, these are just like westerns, though. So I thought they were I'm, just I'm westerns. Sure, yeah, I'm not sure like what they were trying to lampoon or, or make fun of or whatever, because mm. they're not like straight up comedies. <laughs> they're like some comedic moments. But I feel like these movies were potentially so influential that these are just like westerns now interesting it's like they lost yeah. the context over time because they're so good yeah, i guess uh, yeah um but yeah I, I thought it was really fascinating uh i will say these movies pretty fucking long yeah uh, especially the good the bad and the ugly that one no joke three hours fucking long oh, wow dude. yeah it's it's pretty yeah. lengthy that's uh how's the girth that's on half an hour more boys. than i got to spend with my uh with my good friend rocket raccoon mm-hmm. Upcoming Oscar award-winning character, Rocket Raccoon. Let's hope. Um, yeah, fingers crossed. That's your one God. wish, huh? Is that Rocket Raccoon? Yeah, that'd be it. <laughs> <laughs> no one would take it away from him. Eight milliseconds later, Rocket wins an Oscar. Okay. He's not not real. Um, let's go through uh, the movies one at a time, okay. right? So the, the thing that ties these three movies together is Clint Eastwood plays the man without... Or, I'm sorry, the man with no name, mm-hmm. uh, even though he gets a nickname in each of these fucking movies. Uh, it is pretty funny. Um, like in, uh, uh, let's see, a Fistful of Dollars, he is, ah, fuck. Uh, he's, people he's call him fuck. Joe. <laughs> yeah, he's all fuck. <laughs> um, people call him Joe in that one for a few dollars more. He's known as uh, Manco. Um, which is, I guess, like in Spanish, it's like a, a translation of somebody with just one arm. Mm. The other w- arm is under his, like... Oh, right. Um, poncho. Uh, was it like a poncho yeah, yeah. Uh, on his gun or whatever? And then uh, the last movie, he is called Blondie. Uh, the the guy who's essentially the ugly from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly okay. calls him Blondie. Um, is the man with no name uh, in all three movies, mm-hmm. essentially. 
there's no real like continuity per se, but that's just how they made movies back in the day. Matter of fact, like the the more recent like X Men movies, even though they were like connected, they kind of weren't like the continuity. They they weren't that stressed about continuity right, right. between films back then, right? So um, the uh, the the first one is uh, a fistful of dollars. Uh, rivals are pit against each other. Uh, by a wandering gunfighter. So Clint Eastwood rolls into town uh, and he pits like uh, uh, this all takes place in America, even though it's like shot in Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, it, it looks like the American right. West. He uh, there's like a, a gang of Mexicans that he pits, uh, pits against uh, the, the town folk and he sneaks through there and like uh, tries to uh, make profit off of it somehow. Um, he talks a lot uh, in this first movie, and his his dialogue kind of tapers off uh, over the course of the three films. But he still talks a decent amount, and he's not so mysterious. He's like sometimes just like standing around, <laughs> and he's, I don't know. It just just works a little bit differently than what I thought. There's there's not really that uh, mystique that I would have thought he would have had totally before. You that. know? Yeah, interesting. Uh, so fistful of dollars. That's kind of his whole thing. A few dollars more is the second movie. Two bounty hunters with the same intentions join forces to track down a Western outlaw. In this movie, he teams up with, oh fuck, his name is uh, escaping me as I speak here. Um, it is uh, Lee Van Cleef. Are you familiar with this guy? Yeah, this actor. Yeah, he he. Uh, right. He has a very specific look. He's got very like pointed feature or very sharp features. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading a little bit about him. It seems like he got typecast as a villain a lot just because of the the way he looked or whatever. But in this movie, the second movie, uh, a few dollars more, he plays like a a lawman uh, who's out to try to catch uh, the man with no name at a certain point. But they end up teaming up to take down a uh, a unified villain in that one. And then in the final movie, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, Lee Van Cleef returns. But this time he plays the bad, even though it's like him in every way shape and form uh, visually he plays a totally different character who is the villain of the piece clint eastwood's the man with no name or blondie is the good and then the the ugly is a guy named tuco uh, or that's the the character's name the uh the actual actor himself is just like a normal looking guy mm-hmm. so it's like wow that's it's pretty Free. fucking insulting. Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> His mom was uh, like, "What? You got a role? But why?" <laughs> Eli Wallach. Oh, Eli uh, Wallach. It's just. Oh, okay. You know Eli who this Wallach is. Eli Wallach is uh, as an. I didn't realize that was him. Um, as an older gentleman, he is in The Holiday. He is the old man what? in the the Christmas movie, The Holiday. Yeah, yeah. Really? He is that guy. Yeah. How interesting. That is so wow. Cool okay, because I didn't realize that was him. Yes, yeah, so he's, a, he's a real fucking, you oh, know, okay. more recently, I guess. Holy shit. Yeah. Can you see Looks it? like a totally different guy yeah. almost. Crazy. Wow. All right. Um, yeah, he died in, uh, it looks like in 2014, unfortunately. Yes, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, wow. I didn't know that. Okay, cool. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> Was it a gunfight that did him in? Listen, because I don't want to get into it. Okay, all right. called him ugly. <laughs> <laughs> he fought back you know what i'm saying god damn it for the last time <laughs> he's such a cute old um, man too i love him in the holiday because he's like so like funny and stuff in it so it was it's so funny too because on the the titles and the the credits for it or whatever it's animated in the movie like it, somebody had to like hand draw oh, yeah. that on a cell and like put that over a landscape that they try to work into the huh. the scene itself it's it's interesting it's to choice. see because like, you know, they're like, why, why the fuck not? Right, right. We're still trying to figure shit out. 
So, um, Good, Bad, and the Ugly. That one is uh, 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 Clint Eastwood is, uh, uh, I guess, a good guy. I don't know. He, he's not like a sheriff or anything. Uh-huh. He's just like kind of wandering through town. But he and the Ugly uh, <laughs> kind of team up. Uh, the 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 Tuco, the the Ugly, he rides into town. He gets caught doing something. He's going to get hanged. Uh, from uh, whatever crime he commits in that town. And then from a distance, uh, uh, Clint Eastwood's character shoots him down oh, and then yeah. they escape with like whatever treasure or shit that he stole while uh, they were trying to capture Tuco. Uh, at a certain point, uh, they there's some bad blood between them. They go their separate ways uh, in a, a very um, non-agreeable way. And uh, that causes slow. Tuco... <laughs> <laughs> just just walking Everything's you know just slow. they take Long. their shoes off that, that is one of the things with uh sergio leone is uh he's I, especially in the last movie it's known for a lot of long shots yeah. a lot of like panning a lot of there's so much of this movie that could have been like edited out just, but yeah, they chose yeah. not to do it yeah it's a choice you know i, I wasn't hating on it too much it was longer than i wanted it to be but uh you know this is the movie he chose to make. Yeah. It, it does, doesn't really detract from it that much to me. Um, that said, over all three movies, I kind of thought they were just okay. Mm-hmm. They really didn't stand out to me as much as some other Western movies I've seen somewhat recently. Um, I'm glad I watched them, though. Um, it, it still makes me want to seek out other Westerns uh, just to see what I think. Yeah, I yeah. know Clint, East, uh, Clint Eastwood has some other ones like Unforgiven mm-hmm. that I'd be interested in, in checking it's out. modern. It's like from um, the 90s. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's still really long. Unforgiven is also long and boring to me whenever I watched it. But oh, really? Uh, also don't regret watching it. I'm not a huge Westerns fan overall, but yeah. I would certainly watch these. I just haven't. But they seem like one of those, like, you know, if you're going to, if you're into cinema, you should watch these. Like Sergio yeah. Leone and I think Ennio Mar- Marconi is the composer for those as well uh, for this series. And he, his stuff is fucking amazing. So. It has that one like iconic song, mm-hmm. whereas uh, I don't even. I can almost hear it song? in my head. Yeah, yeah, but it's like where it's like the the whistling. Yeah. Yeah. That's from this. Okay, you're right on. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, God, I'm gonna try to look it up here. Uh, <laughs> let's see, what is that theme song? Uh, the bad and the ugly. Uh, it just says main theme. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Ennio. Morricone? Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah, he's yeah. fantastic. Well, he, uh, Quentin Tarantino used somewhere. some of his, I'm not sure from these movies, from, from whatever, he used some of his old scores for things like Jackie Brown. I saw the other day, I guess he used part of it, and then uh, some of those, his other stuff, but then he brought him back to score uh, Hateful Eight. Uh, Quentin Tarantino oh. usually uses, you know, modern music and stuff, but, and he doesn't have people like composers like score a movie, but he brought him back for that, and it's pretty stellar too. But yeah, he just has like some amazing fucking shit. Yeah, he's a great composer. Oh, hell yeah, dude. There was uh, some other song that I heard toward the end of the movie um, where I was like, man, I've heard this song a thousand times. Mm. I didn't realize it was maybe from this yeah, movie yeah. unless they reused it from something else but it's kind of iconic uh, though yeah yeah I, I can't even think of like what it sounds like at this point uh, <laughs> but uh, I just thought it was surprising but uh, yeah I'm glad I watched this uh, series mm-hmm. it's certainly different than uh, what I watched in April which was uh, the To All the Boys oh, trilogy oh yeah totally different uh, so I, I like changing up the genre I'm not right. quite sure 
what I want to watch next uh-huh. for a, a new trilogy a for, uh, for June. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but I know it, it, it won't be Western because uh, this was the only like trilogy I had right. as a Western on, on my list to watch. So, um, yeah. Stay tuned for that, I suppose. I love this series, though, and it's so fun. I, I think off air I had told you this one was the only one that's been spoiled for me because uh, I have I've, I found out uh, what you're watching through certain ways. I don't know why I'm saying Via this Via the now. streets. <laughs> Via the, the streets, streets is watching, Stephen. But I knew, I knew you were watching these, and uh, but otherwise I like being kind of surprised, and they're, and they're always surprising choices. So, uh, like, I wouldn't peg you as a Western fan. I wouldn't peg you at all, Brent. You wouldn't peg me? <laughs> I I'm we sorry, friends. I wouldn't. Uh, wow. I already had the equipment. I don't need a peg. I got my own. <laughs> I brought my own peg. <laughs> no, but uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think you would be a Western fan. But you've talked about them before. I think you watched. Uh, God, there was that modern Western on Netflix. You watched with like Idris Elba uh, a while back. I think. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called right now, but uh, you liked that one. I yeah. think. I did. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was great. But uh, they're always intriguing. I, I just love the whole idea of the series. I'm glad you're doing them. I always find it really intriguing when you get to bring them to the show. So keep doing it, whatever they end up being. But uh, I'll, I'll be excited with everyone to be surprised next month for whatever your June movies are. Hell yeah, Hell dude. Yeah. Uh, oh, fuck. What was it? God damn it. I was trying to look it up at the time. Uh, the Harder They Fall is the name of that. Idris uh, Elba's Western Guys. Got it. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> that's cool, man. Uh, man, this was a good show. We, we talked about a lot of good things. Uh, I, I know I have a few more on my list, but I got to I got to save them because I think the, the episode's getting a little little three hour long soon if we keep going. Oh my God. So we definitely don't want to keep yeah, it yeah. <laughs> too long. Uh, but this was great, man. Did you uh, I guess we definitely want to talk about upcoming episodes. So we, we did this pop culture catch up episode in preparation for mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of stuff that we know is coming up in June that we had planned. So do you want to talk about that a little yeah. bit, Brent? Well, I certainly do. But before we do that, I do want to mention that your episode of True Criminals oh, yes. uh, came out uh, within uh, not quite the day of the, the last episode was released, mm-hmm. but shortly thereafter. But I do want to point people toward that because it was a great interview. Oh, thanks. I, uh, I love hearing you on other podcasts. I do got to say, mm-hmm. you've got like limited other podcasts that you've appeared on, right? Yeah. Uh, with just you. So it was Mind Grenade with our friend mm-hmm. Hector mm-hmm. Roman. True Criminals with Eric Bookout and his wife, Rachel, mm-hmm. of course, but Eric, you know. And then you do this podcast with me, and I, I got to say, Stephen, do you just like being on a podcast with brown guys? <laughs> is that what I do like my brown friends, I got to say. Well, okay. they're, they're all we pretty awesome. It. So, yeah, you do, I definitely get you there. <laughs> I'll speak for all three of us and uh, say we appreciate it. Uh, but no, it's a, a great episode. Uh, you do talk about some crimes, but it's not like anything like too, too bad. Uh, I'm a really but, good uh, yeah, goody, just, goody, yeah, but I had some, some yeah. things as a youth, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you did kill that person with a hatchet, uh, as as seen in the TV show <laughs> Candy, That's recounted in that. It's just, it's just uh, me with a perm. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, that was a great episode. It was fun, man. It was a good episode. Yeah. So uh, for for uh, people who have. Uh, Heard about that on the last episode and tried searching for it the day of that episode's release. Uh, wasn't out yet. Now it is. Yeah, so go uh, certainly go, sure. go seek that out. Uh, we appreciate Eric and uh, Rachel having you on. Uh, yeah. Now, for June, <laughs> Stephen, I just got to say, like, I, I have a blast uh, doing this podcast, mm-hmm. but we've we've recorded like some extra episodes. There's been a little bit of like podcast uh, drama behind the scenes right. with that last episode, you know. 
And uh, here we are getting to the summer months. And uh, I think it's fair to say that both of us just need a vacation. Oh, you know? yeah, totally. Listener, that doesn't mean that you're going to have to go anytime without an episode of Let's Talk About Stuff. No, no, no. no. Steven and I are going on vacation, but we're taking you with Hell us. Hell yeah. This is for a little <laughs> month called <laughs> June Need a Vacation. <laughs> I know I do. Did you need a vacation? <laughs> <laughs> this is a title that we came up with immediately before we hit record tonight. And, and we perfect. both giggled and giggled so much. So, yes, June oh, is man. June need a vacation month. <laughs> and we've got four vacation themed movies over the course of June that we wanted to discuss. Right. Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, we're going to start with. We're going to vacation locally, right? We're just going to simply go to a water park mm-hmm. for the first episode. Stephen, what are we talking about on that first you need a vacation we're, month episode? We are going to talk about one of my favorite movies of the last decade, The Way, Way Back. Wonderful Absolutely. summer movie. Steve Carell, uh, Tony Collette, Alice Janney, a bunch of great people on that. Uh, super mm-hmm. great coming-of-age story. Yeah, about a kid who goes on vacation and ends up working at a water park with... Uh, mm-hmm. I almost forgot his name. Uh, Justin Hammer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sam? Uh, Rockwell. Sam? There we go. Yeah. People Regular movie. menthol. Right. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so the way, way back will be our first week. Hell yeah, that will come out on June 6th. After that, you know... I think we're going to go to, uh, I don't know, I was maybe thinking of going to camp. You had mentioned oh, summer camps summer earlier. camps, right. That sounds good to me, dude. Mm-hmm. So I've got us a, a cabin booked. Uh, on June 13th, we're going to talk about a little camp movie by the name of what, Stephen? Wet Hot American Summer. Hell oh, yeah, so dude. I'm so excited for this. This is also a favorite of mine, but you have not seen this? Is that right? I've seen bits and pieces okay. of it. Uh, matter of fact, uh, when my wife and I first started dating, I like we weren't even living together at that time. Uh, I saw I went over to her house. She had like I think it was MTV up or something, and I caught like part of a couple of scenes mm, in that. Mm. And I was like, oh man, what is this called? What hot what hot American summer? I definitely need to watch this. I haven't watched the movie <laughs> yet, Stephen. But like in my brain, I'm like, oh, I, I'm definitely excited right, to see that's this. Amazing, yeah. And yeah, it's got so a uh, look forward to that. has two TV series, a uh, first day of camp and then 10 years later series on Netflix that take place around it that I think are amazing as well. But uh, we are hoping to have a guest for that one. So that'll be fun. Yes. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, Wet Hot American Summer has been one of my perennial favorites. I watch it every year. I watch those series every year. I love all of those characters. It's so fucking quirky and weird. I think it's right up your alley. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for you to check it out. Fuck yeah. And I'm, I know it's just like packed to the gills with uh oh, stars so right many so people in it there, there's a couple i remember but like i'm just gonna be surprised by the movie yeah, when i, I go back and, and watch it there yeah because there's, there's the more yeah. people you see they're like oh my god that person's there that mm-hmm. person's there it's crazy Absolutely. 2001 movie that was great yeah oh boy uh after that i thought <laughs> you know what the water park is fun the camp is fun but like it's all within our, you know, the state. Mm-hmm, sure. Let's 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 go out of state for a vacation, Stephen. So we're going to go to a resort. <laughs> I'm so excited for this one. The whole month is so weird. I love it. A lot of it vacations. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go to a, a resort in a, uh, a coastal state, uh, which mm-hmm. maybe Florida. I think is so. That? It's been a while since I've seen it. I didn't know if they went to an Same. island. I think you're right, though. I think it's Florida. I think so. We're going with uh, uh, but some best yes. friends of ours. Uh-huh. Barb and Star. Visit. Absolutely. <laughs> Visit Vista Del Mar. 
Oh my god. So this is one of those movies where if you've not if you don't know anything about the movie, that's the perfect way to watch this oh, movie. Man. Don't know anything, <laughs> then go in because I thought I knew what this movie yeah, was going right? to be about. Just seeing like the trailer. And then you watch the movie. About three minutes in, you're like, Oh, it's like this then, huh? It's so oh, okay. even if you watch the trailer, it's a good version of one of those things that it doesn't show you a lot because it, it really hides a bunch of the movie and uh, in a good way. Oh my god. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. Confirmed. But it's so. This movie's fucking weird. weird. It's like, I don't know what it is about you and me in this movie, but I just, like, Amanda totally zoned out with it. She did not understand the humor. But man, yeah. the, the more I thought about it, the more it grew on me. I think I've only seen it once now. I'm really excited to watch mm. it again. So. Oh, me too. Another thing I'm excited about, Steven, is after our stateside vacation, I thought, ah, let's go. Let's go a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Let's go overseas. Right. Let's do a vacation over there, you know? Let's go over to somewhere in, I don't know, Europe, I guess. Do a fun little vacation. So on on June 27th, we're going to have an episode that comes out about what movie, Stephen? Well, you know, it's the middle of the summer, so we're going to watch Midsummer. Of course, of course. You know, <laughs> it's just like a, month. a fun time. <laughs> yeah, of course. And if you're looking at these, these four movies and you're like, huh, interesting. One of these movies is not like the others. You're right. Wet Hot American Summer is a flashback movie. Oh, yeah. All the other ones are contemporary, so that's the only difference. Otherwise, they're all fun. (laughs) Midsummer is not at all horrifying, so don't even worry about it. What a good combo, though, Uh, right? Oh, it's wild. On the list before, when I put it on today, I still had it from our initial conversation months ago when we thought this might work. And I had I had a question mark after Midsommar. And we were like, should we? Is this work? And it's like the more I think about it, the more it definitely works. So I'm, I'm yeah. excited about all of these movies. And I'm really excited we, for the uh, the month of Junita vacation month. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about a different movie for uh, in place of Midsummer, But I feel like Midsummer it's is like the, the funniest choice. way to, yeah. to end it, you know? I looked at the menu. They have something there called the Blood Eagle. Ooh, Sounds cool, delicious. Lovely. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Man, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, whenever I told you off air when we came up with the uh, Junita vacation, uh, uh, I had a, a joke that I go along with this, and I, I actually found this in a note the other day because I thought it was just so funny. I think I just stumbled upon it online, but uh, uh, the word of the day is juicy. Okay. Juicy the cops, you let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we all do. We all do. Man, so, uh, listeners, it's it. going to be a, a fun summer. Uh, and then we've got like a, a portion of July, uh, I think, potentially ready yeah, to go on the books. So, that too, yeah, uh, still, yeah we, we, we got maybe some fun stuff planned then as well. But uh, yeah, beginning next week, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, what was that the movie way again? Way back. What was the, the way, way back. Very excited yeah. for this. This movie means something to me. When I first saw it, I watched it a bunch in a row. It just uh, it struck a chord. I love a coming-of-age story. The uh, the kid in it, I can't remember his name right now, but he's fantastic. Uh, there's so many great people mm-hmm. in it. So, yeah, really looking forward to talking about that one. Interesting. So, Wet Hot American Summer is what the kid has in oh, The Way, Way yeah. Back. <laughs> but then... To tell the story of Wet Hot American Summer, you need to go way, way yeah. back in time a few decades. Those, okay. You can switch around a little Interesting. bit. Interesting. Yeah, it's intriguing. All right. It works, man. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, but yeah, we're really looking forward to that. So definitely come back for Junita Vacation and uh, uh-huh. the Way, Way Back next week, man. 
That'd be fantastic. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, as usual, if you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram. You can find me on Inst- uh, on Letterboxd. I'm trying to write a few more reviews on there, so definitely check that out. Uh, all the info is in the show notes as usual. Please rate and review us in your favorite podcast apps. Five stars is always appreciated. And tell your friends so more people can find us. Yes, please. Excellent. And if you uh, are in the wild and uh, see something good, let us know. Please, you know? yeah. If we, we might uh, find discuss cool. it on air. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, Brent, I had such a great time with you today. I hope the audience did as well. And uh, oh, I look yeah. forward to next week when we review The Way, Way Back. Definitely come back. Watch that before you uh, listen to our show. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of great stuff with that. But the whole month is going to be great. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it, man. Hell yeah, dude. All right. Well, until next time, I'm Steven. I'm Brent. And let's talk later. Let's record on three. One, two, three. Recording. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm recording too, buddy. That was a Tootsie Pop reference for all of the youngsters. A commercial that still airs in 2023, probably made in 1964 or some shit. Have you actually seen it on the the tube? uh, I feel like I have within this calendar year, yes. Oh, wow. I love that. That's a good Mm -hmm. commercial classic, you know? It is a classic commercial. Uh, Sometimes... You see old commercials in modern times, and mm-hmm. you're like, wow, you guys couldn't refresh this? But it's so specific, that Tootsie right. Pop commercial, you know? It's like, why waste the calories on reanimating this mm-hmm. thing? It's not going to be much better, and then it's only going to have downside of people being like, oh, the old one was better. <laughs> that, that, uh, was it the 4-3 the ratio or whatever? Oh, yeah, the TV the ratio. It's better. They made it too widescreen. I can't see all of it. I got to pan from side to side. <laughs> Ridiculous. I should tell, yeah, if you have a brand that's stuck around, mm-hmm. uh, you're only going to win by that. You've already got it in the can. You paid for it. And then you got nostalgia built in. You might as well yeah. just keep using those for people, you know? Those Cadbury cream egg commercials mm. that air around like Easter time or whatever. Right. Uh, that still looks old as fuck. Those animals are all long since dead. No doubt fucking about it. But it's funny, too, because they've got, like, the, the lion with the bunny ears or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, like, toward the I end of it, they that. have, like, I don't know, like, a it's something is filmed uh, more newly, right? So it's it doesn't have, like, the film grain look to it. Mm, it doesn't match quite, quite right. Yeah. But yeah. they were like, I guess they decided they wanted to add something extra in there for whatever fucking reason. So but it was they like weird. updated it, but they didn't match really well. Yeah, I think it was like maybe a dog or something that's like. George Lucas was in charge of it. George Lucas, yeah. George <laughs> R was in there. <laughs> Again, a lot of just like panning and lingering on uh, like sure. desert landscapes. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, I guess. Mm hmm. Sometimes you got to add what you got to add. Like there's a whole segment of a, a weird band with like a big lips, mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful little alien lady. Mm-hmm. I like what you're doing here. Uh, but uh, <laughs> is there any way we can uh, get some jizz on this? I don't know what that voice was. Exactly. It was, no, I mean, like if you haven't heard George Lucas for a while, mm-hmm. it's pretty good. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a George, George Lucas Kermit the Frog. Yeah, I think uh, my default George Lucas is Kermit the Frog, but I didn't quite get there. I was like, I, I got a you little bit of uh, Dr. Evil, oh, who yeah, is uh, okay, yeah, Lauren Michaels, you know? For sure, for sure.
How about no Jabba? Yeah. You know? <laughs> you can get all the crossovers, though. Uh-huh. That's right. I like this. I think that that could sell some Cadbury eggs, basically. That's what we're <laughs> right. talking about still, right? Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> Do you like Cadbury eggs? I used to. I don't know that I'm really into it anymore. I feel like... I feel like the last time I had one, the it was almost like the whatever's inside the cre- the creaminess mm-hmm. yeah. separated some way, oh. you know, like the oils yeah. kind of. And I was, I don't know, like it just didn't sit well uh, as as it wasn't as good as I remembered. You know what I'm saying? I think maybe next time you try one, you should take it to like a Home Depot or whatever, have them put it in that mm. paint shaker machine. Right. <laughs> Make sure, <laughs> but be gentle. It is an egg. Absolutely, it's Fabergé. Yeah. I think I don't know foil Fabergé. I they both begin with F's. I think. Yeah, Fabergé is just uh, French for foil, right? Yeah, of course. I've never looked it up, so I could honestly be like, I don't know, that could be true. You know what? We saved their asses in the war. It's going to mean what we <laughs> fucking say it means. Speaking of frogs. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's not offensive, right? Do you think Kermit was like a metaphor for the French? Mm. Is that what Jim Henson did? Are the Is Miss Piggy America? Because she seems pretty brash, right? I think so, yeah. A little bit of a bully, you know? Mm-hmm. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, always but just like lovable. punching people for no reason. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just like America. <laughs> Amazing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know where to go from there, but. Yeah. Well, great. Here we are. <laughs> you know, though, the other day and someone, uh, at work, uh, we mm-hmm. were doing some graduations and someone tried or someone asked me, they were like, oh, you were a teacher, right? Like they were trying to think of like someone in our group used to be a teacher and now they've doing like AV stuff with us or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you were a teacher, right? And I was like, no. And they're like, no, no, no. I swear. I swear it was you. I swear you were a teacher. And I was like, no. And they're like, man, I really swore it was you. And so I, the third time I was like, fuck it. I'm going to improv. Yeah. I used to be a teacher. Eighth grade. Eighth grade actually. <laughs> but then yeah. they got rid of civics. So I went to science. I uh, wasn't really <laughs> certified in it. And I just like kept going for a while. That's and <laughs> they were like, wait, but I'm, but you're not. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm just making all this shit up. This is just mm-hmm. fun. And I was like, just, uh, just trying to do it. You know, sometimes you can go. Sometimes it's hard. I don't know. Yeah. Not to brag. I used to coach <laughs> recess a little bit. Uh, you know, did pretty good. Did pretty good. I had to flunk two or three kids, but uh, otherwise it all went pretty well. Uh, I'm a little bit of a reason why uh, Curly Slide is off limits at this point. You know. The kids got up there, got stuck, you know? (laughs) Stuck. (laughs) If you were a teacher, what would you teach for real? What do you think? If you had to. You ever thought about it? Yeah, I do. Because uh, at at my previous job, I would like help train people and and get them up to speed and whatnot. And that was enjoyable. I uh, surprisingly, I have a lot of patience for that shit. Yeah, I can Um, can see that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I feel like, uh, oh boy, what would be good? I feel like I like art, but I don't know that I can mm. teach it, you know? Because right. I'm just like, hey, man, just just do whatever you want, dude. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's art, man. Everyone's getting A's, brother. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, what do I like? I, I, science I like, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but I would tap out when there's math involved because I hate math. Right. Mm-hmm. So you would know chemistry probably. Cause that, that always seems like the, the, uh, chemistry seemed like the math of sciences to me. It yeah. Like yeah. you gotta add stuff together and you gotta know what it does. Not that mm-hmm. it's like adding it like numbers, but it's just like, you gotta keep track of things in a certain way. I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't do that, that, that well, that one, mm-hmm. but I think more like, uh, I think just a general science, 
mm-hmm. straight across the board, which my general science teacher was one of our coaches. So you could be that, that same coach doing that same thing and teaching science. Mm-hmm. Maybe You know maybe they used to call this a supernova. <laughs> to me, if, if, you, if you look at it, you look at it up close, it's just a regular nova. It's just a regular nova. It just moves kind of fast, you know? You could drive a Chevy Nova. <laughs> yeah. You're that teacher. <laughs> Are you guys familiar with Bossa Nova, the musical styling? Okay. So it's like a down. cultural science class, which is nice. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Uh, that's a that's a good one. There was a sociology class I had sure. in uh, junior and senior year. Uh huh. Nice. Uh, teacher's name was Miss Stumpf, and oh, uh, I like that she, name. She was like new to our school but like once we got to know her she was like she was pretty cool i, I yeah. liked her quite a bit so shout out to the teachers out there that what a tough fucking job like oh my gosh when i was in school i did not appreciate them like there were some teachers i liked more than others but right. otherwise it was just like going to school was a bit of a grind i love seeing my friends but that was kind of uh, about it you know sure but now being removed from it and hearing about how low their wages are and how high the stakes are for them to, one, just simply exist at school, you know, right. with all the, like, gun shit going on, um, two, having to raise these children for people and not just teach them, but raise them, uh, and then three, you barely get paid anything for it. Yeah, there were, no, no there thanks. Were, there were some teachers that... Uh, I came across in the wild on summer vacation that were like doing other jobs, and it was isn't that strange? Awkward. Yeah, it was. I don't know if I re- actually did that in real life. I've seen that in movies, you know. Oh but, really? Uh, yeah, and I've, I heard of teachers. Like I knew of a teacher that said he I've used heard to work of teachers. In the summer. <laughs> I've heard of teachers. <laughs> yeah, to school. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you've heard about this. But I, uh, I had a teacher that told us he worked somewhere, but I never saw him in public, right? But that would that would mm-hmm. freak me out for sure. And yeah. it's like, they shouldn't have to do that, but um, at the same time, it's like people just getting by, you know, doing what they have yeah. to do. Yeah, for sure. You know, <laughs> DJing at a strip club over the weekend. <laughs> Did I ever tell you, so I worked this AV job, I've mentioned it a few times here, but we mm-hmm. do like camera stuff, LED walls, that kind of stuff. It's like an event center for a school system, and uh, there's like a, a whole big group of people from the school system that's all a part of like one employee database, right? So one day, like years ago, uh, somebody sent out, there was like a guy named Zach on our team, and they sent mm-hmm. out an email, and they're like, to a bunch of people, like, you know, like 10 people or whatever, they're like, hey, we need you to like apply for these shifts, whatever, someone has to come in and shoot football. And they sent it to this guy on the roster named Zach, and it turned out he was not the right Zach. They was like, they had like their last names were like Zach L something, and they were like slightly mm-hmm. different. And so this guy answered the text and was like, yeah, I'll show up to the game, whatever. Shows up. Turns out he was a teacher. He was not part of the AV t- team at all. He was just in the district's thing. And he totally showed up, and he ended up being really good. <laughs> he was like a, a junior high math teacher. Wow. But he was like, oh, you need people to shoot football? I'm there. Just a good guy. Showed up, and he ended up coming back. He worked there like as an extra job to his teacher job. Uh, he oh would pick God. up shifts here and there. And apparently people really like him. So, oh, my God. So just happen, through man. just through pure happenstance, through right. pure Zachenstance. Oh, did he show up and he killed it? Yeah, that's awesome. Sometimes wow. I know what a small world, you know, but sometimes you, you find out hidden talents. So, yeah, never done it before. Super. Damn. Good. Yeah. Ace Ventura, when nature calls, you know, you pick oh, up the man. phone. Yeah, that's right. He did. We had a Zach. What would you say? It was a Zach. Uh, Zach and Stance. Uh, Zach and Stance. I think that's yeah. our sync word. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Thank God we got there. 
It's something. We got there. I think what we got out of this really is your new character, the gym teacher. The gym teacher, teacher, yeah. Does the gym teacher have a name? James. James teacher. (laughs) James teacher? (laughs) Fantastic. Uh James teacher, the PE teacher. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. James, should it be teacher, his last name? James, James Peacher, the the PE teacher. (laughs) There we go. James Peacher, the PE teacher. Yep. Is that our sequel? We did it. Uh, which one do you want to go with? Which, which is Zach and Stance is maybe a little Zach easier for a sequel, but I okay. do like the new character. He's a good okay. addition. I think he should come back. So okay, good. Yeah, he's keep, a, keep that one in your pocket. He's a little bit easier to keep around than Fowler, I think. You know, <laughs> just for sure stamina of it. You know, you guys talking shit? Oh God, he's awake. <laughs> Oh, oh boy. God. All right, fantastic. His mom's a supermodel, his dad's a chicken. That's insane. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I remember about him. All right, I so. I remember that, yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> we will uh, sync with Zach and Stance on okay. three. One, two, three. Zach, Zach and Stance. Stance. Excellent. All right, I got to write down uh, James Peacher, the, t- the PE teacher, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> it's just too good. That was good. Damn. Sometimes right. sometimes we uh, we hit these alley-oops and it just works out, know. you know? Yeah. You never know. So. That's the fun of improv, man. You just got to let it let it happen and see where it takes you. Absolutely. Some call it the uh, curly slide <laughs> of uh, podcasting. <laughs> For being honest, that's what it is. I don't know I why. I had to put my hand on my hip <laughs> no, to did. do you that. No, you did. You put your hand on your hip, and I imagine the smallest shorts I've ever, ever even <laughs> thought about you in with, like, the stripes on the side. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, man, I can almost see your tidy whities Mr. Teacher. Mr. Peacher. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like to wear knee-length uh, boxer briefs. <laughs> Something I'm into. With booty shorts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're my own uh, compression sleeves, if you know what I'm saying. You know? Fantastic. L-P-A-M.